1: Yeah, if you ever unpredictable, I have no idea what I'm doing because I pretty much improvised this entire show, uh, other than the fact that I've overprepared for my uh, interview with Christina Bob, and I have at least three hours' worth of questions, trying to cram into 30 minutes if we get that much. Uh, I got a lot of energy today. This is going to be a fun day. All right, let's get to government inquiry. She started as a guest on Action Radio, courtesy of our Constitution reporter, Amber Kemper. Both Brianna and Amber are graduates of Patriot Academy a place where young folks get to practice writing and advocating legislation and being legislators in a mock session. Brianna immediately impressed all of us as someone we wanted on the show with her own report. With an insightful mind, asking and taking on complex questions, and a growing skill in sarcasm and satire, plus her study of government, history, the Constitution, and our founding, All of her skills and knowledge combined into something pretty incredible here on Action Radio. And now, the Government Inquiry Report with Brianna Cannon. You know, we must be doing something right to get Christina Bob, Trump's attorney, you know, reporter for One American News, you know, uh, lawyer, you know, retired Marine, you know, back on the show for a third time. Somebody must like us. (laughs) This is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know much about her at all, or do you have you been, I guess, following all the uh, the, the crazy Trump stuff? But because uh, she's on a lot with the election integrity, especially, and having written a book on it, just curious. I know you weren't expecting this question, but that's okay.
0: Um, no, I wouldn't
2: say I'm technically like following it.
1: Okay. Well, that's an interesting. Well, let me ask you a question. This is more like the more of those generational questions. Like, uh, friends, when you're talking about uh, presidential candidates, because you know some, the, the, especially the age of these folks is so removed from you guys. Um, are you are you looking in the future? You know, like, it'd be great when we get a, a different person, a younger person, someone else, or or is or are people still focusing on the 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 Brandon Trump uh, election, which is what pretty much is going to be? But I'm, I'm just curious if uh, people are watching that. Uh, or just kind of waiting for these folks to, to move on so we can get uh, younger people more closely related to your generation in into office?
0: Um,
2: honestly, I think some people complain about, like, the age of some people
0: um,
2: huh? and how, like, you need to get them out or put, like, an age cap on it. Um, for me, at least, on my opinion of it, is their age shouldn't matter as long as they can function properly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there's Um, a lot of brilliant 80-year-olds and some really stupid (laughs) 20-year-olds. So, you know, it's it's really interesting. Okay, I was just curious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh uh-huh.
2: Sometimes you want an 80-year-old, sometimes you don't want an 80-year-old, depending on their mental state. Sometimes you want a 25-year-old, sometimes you don't, depending on their mental state and what they know.
1: So... Yeah, the, the one thing I, I noticed. Know, um, at, yeah, go ahead.
2: I know that Vivek, um, as a presidential candidate, has become very popular because a lot of people are um, – they like what he has to say. Um, and I agree with a lot that he has to say, too. Um, but, but I think he's been taking a lot of heat whenever people – Started looking into his background and
0: um, the
2: fact that he doesn't actually have that much of a political record to base anything off of. So that's where his use can kind of hinder it. While you look at Biden, it's like he's been off for a little how long, and you know he hasn't done anything. And he can't even walk. So
1: oh yeah, yeah. We've written more legislation. In fact, me personally, I've written more legislation than, than Joe Biden. And he's been in politics, you know, fifty, sixty, some odd years. You know, I think he started office when I was in high school. <laughs> So it's really kind of interesting. Or maybe it was junior high. Whatever it is, he's been there so long, it's it's kind of crazy. Um, But uh, Vivek, if you want to look into him, see, I think he's a total fraud. Uh, I think that uh, everything he's saying is stuff Trump said 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. He's all cliches. Uh, There's no substance at all. And there's a lot of big questions. How do you, uh, you know, and I asked this uh, in, um, I think on the show, you know, will the real Vivek, you know, I call him Obama swampy. Because he reminds me of Obama. He's exactly the same way. You know, the, the the smooth, young minority person, you know, who's very attractive to younger people, who says all the right things. Because, he, But none of that's original. None of that's from him. And so he looks like the next deep state plant in a long line of deep state, state plants uh, going back, oh, I don't know, to uh, uh, who was that guy? Uh, Barry Goldwater and whoever opposed him. I forgot. But there's, there's decades worth of. Uh, plants the the both bushes the elder and the younger, um John John McCain Mitt Romney Paul Ryan the Speaker of the House Kevin McDeep State the current Speaker of the House, you know these people are all are, um who Mike Pence the traitor who who threw the election to uh, Brandon all these people are deep state plants and he just seems like the next one, you know he went to Yale Law School he a, he got a, he already has six hundred million dollars what 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 do you need a law degree for, and if you got a law degree why isn't he using it. You know, and how did he get $600 million with, with no patents? He hasn't invented anything. You know, he hasn't trademarked anything as far as I can see either. You know, the closest thing was he's one of four people on a patent that was applied for, but never, never exercised because they never created the product. So he's never done anything. There's a lot of questions about him. And he reminds all of us who are looking at this as the next Obama, you know, saying one thing and governing completely differently. The only thing Obama said honestly was he wanted to fundamentally transform America into, but he forgot to finish the line into basically a Marxist, Muslim, communist uh, dictatorship. I mean that's that's where that's where we're headed, <laughs> you know. And so, what do you th- given that now? What do you think of uh, Vivek? Do you want to take a look into him a little bit, maybe?
0: Yeah,
2: um, I, I what was it? it was like maybe a month, two months? I don't exactly know the timeline. But um, we learned something about like how he got some of his income was I think it was some kind of like clinical trial drug of some sort that they had and I think it was like elder people elderly people had died from it or something like that.
1: Hmm. I um, need to go back COVID, and find out about
0: that.
1: Yeah. Well, see, his companies have all um, lost money. <laughs> how did he make $600 million from his company, uh, whatever that starts with an R. I forget the name of the company, but apparently it's, it loses like $10 million a year. It's always lost money. You know, and I'd be interested in his hedge fund investing record. So how does a guy with companies that don't make money, with a law degree he's not using, with no political experience except for saying cliches, how does he get $600 million and how does he end up you know, uh, running for president? I mean, some real questions here.
2: Yeah, and there was people saying about, like, his voting record, how he hasn't – he doesn't have a long voting history either. It's like he recently got into politics,
0: too. Well,
1: and been office? Office. Um, he doesn't have a voting record. He's never, he's never yeah. voted for anything. <laughs> has he? Well, how long has he been registered to vote? There's a good question. A lot of these people who who get in, they were never interested in politics. Yeah, they that's only what registered I say, vote.
2: like, in okay. terms of a voting record, like how long he's been voting, like, as a citizen. Um, yeah.
1: And which party? And I, know there was I, bet you, one I bet she's a Democrat. I bet she's a Democrat. I bet she's a Democrat. <laughs> I betcha. I <laughs> betcha, betcha. betcha.
2: <laughs> and it was about him taking uh, Soros money on, like, a scholarship for um, school. And he came out and said, like, you know, he just needed the money. Yeah. Um, and I guess when people looked in, he was already a millionaire at that time. Oh, and there was no need for that? him to get the scholarship at all. And oh, you think awesome. was, along with that, and you know, finding out that it was like a lie, mm-hmm. I think everybody knows at this point. If you take Soros money, there's probably gonna be some strings attached to that money.
1: Oh yeah. Now, now he keeps saying that he he got it taken off the list. He got all this other kind of stuff. My question is, how did they find him in the first place? This Young Leaders Program has uh, Justin Trudeau. It has, what's your name, uh, Jacinda Ardern, uh, the dictator of New Zealand, that totally screwed over that country. You know, I call it communist boot camp. Um, But that, you know, I mean, how did they find him in the first place? Of all the the young, successful, late 20s, early 30s-somethings people, how did the the, the George Soros brother foundation find and give money to Vivek Obama Swampy? Where did they get his name from? They He must have attracted their attention somehow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, we'll do that another week. What do you want to talk about? we have been investigating?
2: Um. So I was going to take a week off of some of the um, WHO stuff. Uh-huh.
1: Um,
2: and I can go over some of the meetings a different day. But I'm going to play a little game with you.
1: Oh, okay, now I'm curious. <laughs> Go for it.
2: So I'm taking this passage that I have in um, some of my schoolwork that I have that we're learning oh. from. Right. So, what you're going to do is you're going to try and see just how different progressivism was at um, the beginning of the um, 20th century and today. Okay.
1: So do I listen, right. do I guess? What do what, what do I do? What's what's my part in this?
2: Okay, so I'm gonna read it. Okay. And so you're gonna basically compare it to today. Okay. All right.
1: You know, I love a challenge, so this is this is fun. <laughs> I mean this is I wish more people would do this. This is kinda of cool. Go for it.
2: All right. Most progressives strove for a perfection of democracy which required the expansion of suffrage to worthy citizens and the restriction of political participation for those considered unfit on account of health, education, or race. Progressives also agreed that democracy had to be balanced with an emphasis on efficiency, a reliance on science and technology, and a deference to the expertise of professionals. They repudiated party politics, but looked to government to regulate the modern market. Progressives saw themselves as agents of social justice reform, as well as stewards and guides of workers and the urban poor. Often reformers' convictions, and faith in their own expertise led them to dismiss the voices of the very people they sought to help.
1: Mm-hmm. And the question is?
2: Comparing that to modern day, how different has it been?
1: Okay. Oh, do you have a passage from modern day, or, or, or I mean, that was interesting. Yeah, um, no, but
2: basically, it almost described everything that we
1: face. Well, yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. In fact, it hasn't changed. Well, what it reminds me of is Patrick Wood and technocracy. That there was a movement of, of technocrats uh, in the early 20th century, part of I don't know if they're part of the progressives or a separate uh, entity, and uh, they go all the way back to Plato's, Plato's Republic, ruled by the good, ruled by the the smart, ruled by the virtuous. Um, I haven't read it for a long time, but basically Plato was a totalitarian socialist compared to like Aristotle, you know, who actually believed in freedom and independence and uh, you know individual rights and things like that. Um, as far as I, you know, my Greek philosophy goes, but. The technocrats, those that believe that the smartest people should run everything because of the smartest people. That's what this sounds like. It's very, uh, have, you, have you looked at the technocrats or the whole technocracy, you know, is, which is the merging of technology and bureaucracy. That's, that's where it comes from. And Patrick Wood's work is, is brilliant yeah. with this. Okay. So that's, te- that's very technocrat. Look to the scientists. Look to the experts. Look to the people that know, you know. And, and, but, but the terms are very similar. And this is, this is actually really interesting because you'll find that the terms haven't changed that much. So social justice has been around for a long time. Social distance in terms of uh, disease prevention, I think, goes back to the 1800s. But they were referring to droplets from a sneeze that go about six feet, as opposed to an aerosol, you know, which is like which they didn't know about yet. You know, vaporized viruses, uh, which can go like 200 feet. <laughs> so six foot social distance because they figured, oh, I guess the sneeze only went like three feet. Um, but uh, yeah. And so all these things have changed. But the, a lot of the words are, are the same. Uh, it's very, very interesting that uh, they're ideological. They're not driven by intellect. They, they don't think. They don't. Uh, they just act, react, and just follow the plan. And that's what makes them so dangerous. It's, it's like the the philosophical zombie. <laughs> I like that term. I mean, I might use that again. But they just follow the same thing. It's very rote. Uh, but it, you know, social justice. If you look up the origin of the term social justice, I'd be curious what you find, because I think it's been around for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Let's look at, we can look it up right now. You're faster yeah. on the computer than I am. Go for it. Look it up. See, see, look at the origins of the term social justice. See, the minute they said suffrage, mm-hmm. this is the term we don't use today. Suffrage is a term we, I'm just vamping, you, just keep, you can keep looking stuff up, I'm just talking. Uh, but suffrage is a term that's a giveaway for early 20s, uh, 1920s, because we talk about the vote now. They don't talk about suffrage now. Suffrage, you know, women's suffrage was the woman's right to vote. Uh, and here's what I find fascinating, too. Nothing in the Constitution ever prohibited women from voting, ever. There's nothing there. There's nothing in the Declaration of Independence that says, you know, that we believe in the right of, uh, you know, free white men with property to exercise individual rights. It's not there. It's everybody. We are all created equal. So uh, something would be interesting to look into is this ridiculous myth that uh, now maybe some counties or cities or maybe even states had laws like that. But there was nothing federal, there was nothing ever in law that I know of that prevented women from voting, uh, certainly at the federal level. And certainly at the constitutional level, there's nothing there. So what would you find? Social justice. Where would that come from?
2: I'm still looking it up, but um, what you were saying, there's actually something else that we learned in those two is that um, – Oh, John, I in blank. Oh yeah, okay. So it was that the um progressive reporters were specifically targeting the white native born middle class.
1: Male or was female interesting. or didn't matter. That
2: was their Yeah, that was their target audience. Yeah. Was it the target of, audience or their
1: target? because the, the whole point of, of socialism is to have a peasant class. Yeah, target. A di- a di- sorry. A di- target. Ah, okay, sorry. That, that makes a big difference between target audience and target. That's why I was, I was curious. But, uh, yeah, so what does it say about the middle class? They, they hate to, uh, everything that's being done today is to destroy the middle class, yet the middle class is what makes uh, a country free and great. You know, And they, and they talk about income distribution uh, and equitable distribution. Well, nothing's more equitable than a big middle class, where the greatest number of people have enough money to – you know, own a home, cars, have kids, take vacations, you know, do normal things that we associate with, you know, American life, American dream. That's normal. But without a middle class, you can't do that. We all end up in 15 minute cities in Maui.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. (laughs)
2: Something, something really interesting uh, that I was learning about like the suffragist movement and stuff. Uh And this is, Going to be a very controversial revelation, probably,
1: but well, you're in the right place to say and it it kind so of shocked just, me
2: too, but I mean you can't
1: yeah, you can't yeah. really
2: deny the facts that sit in front of you like you can't deny what they were talking about here okay um, especially for me when I'm um like a big advocate for people to go out and vote um, and mm-hmm. like my entire life you know I've been I, um, women have always been able to vote so the suffrage thing wasn't really I don't know, a concern or a question. So uh-huh. we were learning about the anti-suffragist movement and how men and women both got together and were against the women's right to vote. And they were saying, and okay, you're saying this, but it's true, the anti-suffragists were right. They okay. were saying that that if this voting right for women is passed, basically these women will continue to take on men's vices. And they would do um, uh, different illustrations and stuff that would put, like, men at home.
1: Brianna's call just dropped. She'll call back in a second. Yeah, I'm going to get really controversial and uh, talk about something that uh, I thought of for a long time. That And I, I posed I pose this question. I'm going to pose it to Brianna, too, when she gets back. But I posed a question that, you know, women generally vote more socialist. Men generally vote more freedom. And so what the socialists do, the first thing socialists, oh, there we go, I'll, I'll start again now that she's back, Um yeah, there we go. So so you think the FBI didn't like what you were saying or what? As soon as you mentioned controversial, your line dropped. I I you know. So FBI K G B stop messing with us. Stop messing with my order. We got work to do here. Okay. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. Um which so, is
2: very so- interesting 'cause like- illustrations of the you know men doing all the housework, and one of them they were talking about it was like the men were cleaning on their knees while the women went out and uh, did this stuff. And so it's kind of like a, they were saying there's going to be like a change in the household, it's like the women aren't going to be staying home and taking the men and the children if they should. Like it will basically the women having the right to vote is really going to change things and it's going to break up the family unit and all of these things about um, the change of um, I guess how it's set. And they were right. Everything that they said would happen did happen. Women started taking on the vices of men. You know, this ha- there has been the breakup of the family. You know, um, men do a lot of more of the housework now. Women have been held to um, a higher standard than the idea of, like, an ego of, like, they're the better mm-hmm. and that they are in charge a lot of times. So, I mean, everything that they were talking about, is completely accurate everything that they feared had come true after it was passed
0: so,
1: the question this, is no it's it's great and, and like i say you don't have to use qualifiers like this might be controversial because this whole show is controversial that's all we do <laughs> you know that's what makes it fun to to uh, <laughs> yeah. you know play here in the action radio sandbox um but what I think – so the question I have is whether those two are directly related or were they going to happen anyway, whether or not the women got, uh, got the vote. And I, I was asking the question um, – I, I don't think there's any – you might want to – here's another note for next week. I don't think anywhere – I know in the Constitution it doesn't say that women can't vote. So the idea that you had to amend the Constitution to give women the right to vote when the Constitution didn't prohibit women from voting, at least in federal elections, I don't understand. Now it might have been might have been state and local, and that makes sense. But they could have done it at the state and local level too. So I don't understand why it had to be in the constitution, unless that was part of the purpose of agenda. Now here's, yeah. what, here's what is here's what is known. Oh, do you, a, do you have a reaction to that? I don't want to skip over that. Do you know anywhere where, where women are prohibited to vote yeah. in law? I, you know, look at Oklahoma history. That women was also prohibited. one of
2: the concerns too. Is like this should be a local government decision, not a federal one.
1: Well, women should vote. I mean, have the right to vote because, you know, if we're all created equal, then we all have equal rights and we all have equal abilities and one of them is voting. But here's what's interesting that let's talk about the, the, the roles, the, the roles of men and the roles of women uh, in, in, you know, I, it doesn't matter to me, you know, which parent stays home uh, or both parents may stay home when they both might work from home. I'm not as concerned with that as I'm concerned with the state, you know, sort of like dictating and, and telling people what they can and can't do. And so the, the roles, you know, it's you don't want to get locked into those things because there's no reason that, you know, and it's, a burden, it's just so much a burden on men because, the, you know, the ability of men to work means the necessity for men to work. Now, it's more natural for guys to go out and work. I mean, I think we're just more wired to be career people. Uh, and and that's, this is, you know, and you look at the, the incomes. People say that, well, men earn, you know, a dollar for every 77 cents a woman earns. Well, the, if that's the total amount of men who are working versus the total amount of women who are working, those, those figures are really skewed. But guys work harder, uh, are more ambitious generally, uh, pick career fields that pay more, uh, take more dangerous jobs. Certainly, you don't see a lot of women running up those power lines. Uh, and that's okay. We're wired for that. That's what guys do. You know, guys fight wars. You know, this is this is. This Did is you how hear we about the
0: whole
2: Uber thing?
1: No, tell me.
2: Okay, so supposedly there was—I don't—I don't know exactly what happened, but somehow it was brought up about the difference in pay for men and women who work for Uber. Hmm. The self-employed Uber. How
1: do they do that?
2: And it's someone was like, "You gotta be so stupid." Um. So basically one of the things was they were explaining – I didn't even know it was. I know it was a video, but I don't know who it was mm. or where it was. But they were explaining Uber, and they were doing the statistics of, like, when men drive um, – a lot of times men will drive nights and stuff, and women don't. And
1: yeah, They usually
2: drive more hours.
1: Friday and, and, yeah, Friday and Saturday, yeah. Women are not going to get caught under with a bunch of drunken guys in their car. It's just dangerous. So, yeah, the guys are probably driving the bar hours. Yeah,
2: and I – and I guess there was this funny thing about, like, a joke of um, some people don't want the female drivers. They think safer with the male, but I think that was just, like, a joke
0: part. But also it well, might be There true. might
1: be culture. Um, listen, if, you, if you're if you Middle Eastern and you think women are dirt, you know, you're going to want a guy driving because you don't think women can do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are cultures like that around still, you know, so, hey. Yeah. Well, here's what, but I want to get back to the social issue because the, the, the changing roles were definitely changing roles. A lot of it had to do, I think, with industries. Uh, back, you know, in our founding, 17 up to mid-1800s industrial revolution, everybody worked at home. They were all on family farms. Well, you might work in town. There might be a blacksmith and a saloon keeper. And, you know, and of course you have a sheriff and a telegraph operator, a railroad station person. But for the, for the most part, most people, men and women worked at home. <laughs> they homeschooled their kids, you know, and so we're in a, so it really was the industrial revolution that moved men out of the home and started the breakup of the family. Cause, you know, fathers would teach their sons how to do stuff on the farm and, and the mothers would teach their daughters. And, you know, if you want to establish roles, those roles, and they worked. So right or wrong, they worked. So do you see do you see circumstances changing? In other words, the industrial revolution, the separation of people, the moving to the cities and off the family farm as changing the roles of men and women every bit as much as the vote did.
2: Yes, and and it's very interesting, like, how everything lined up like with industrialism and with all of this, especially like where they were going across seas and they were going to do more trading with China and open markets in China. All this mm-hmm. also coincided with all of these progressive reforms that um, Teddy Roosevelt was doing.
1: Well, progressives, and what when, is the when, other
2: uh, interesting uh, thing?
1: Yeah, go ahead. I want to find out when, what we're talking about, at what time period we're talking about progressives.
2: Yeah. You know? Um, like early 19, like the beginning of the 1900s. Right, okay, what that I'm makes sense. Because right I
1: think like Woodrow Wilson, like the, you know, nineteen thirteen, the year that freedom died, Federal Reserve, the income tax, and taking away the the ability of of states to appoint their senators. That's that. So that'd yeah. be the progressive era. Okay, all right. So we're talking. So maybe late like eighteen ninety. Used to call it the gay nineties. People said they don't understand what that means. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah,
2: um, I, Woodrow Wilson would probably count too. Um,
1: uh huh. Oh, absolutely. But.
2: What I was saying is, um, oh gosh, I just went you again.
1: Having another senior moment? Just kidding. I love saying that to you. Just getting so funny.
2: No, my brain ah. went to like a completely other idea, but I was like, I'll bring that up later.
1: That happens. Um, so listen, you're you're ADHD like the rest of us. Don't worry about it. You're among friends. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Okay.
0: Right. So, um.
1: Did you forget again? Because i got a question for you.
2: Oh, sorry, I was looking something up. Um, the oh, Rockefellers okay. no um have a uh, the Rockefellers have a big influence in um, things in history. Like, for right. example, they were one of the people who were helping fund this movement for women's rights.
0: And oh, it's actually let's talk pretty that.
2: significant information. Yeah, why? About, because why are they doing it? They also, Rockefellers... What they've done is they have transformed um, the way that America does things, and mm-hmm. I mean, they completely changed the education system. And there's somebody else. Medicine. And his name's like super prominent too. I can't.
1: They changed the health. Oh, right. her, Horace Mann was the 1800s. The the, the Prussian model of education. Uh, one, one of the greatest disasters yeah, ever. Yeah, I don't
0: know.
1: Okay, so we've we've talked there's about that. There's somebody else that, too. The did.
2: Man, but there was another Thomas person. Dewey. I don't remember his name, but yeah, Thomas Dewey. Maybe. I don't know. So he completely transformed, like, the education system. He completely right. changed the um, medical um, education mm-hmm. to where yep. how they learn the medical industry. Everything is, like, um, he mm-hmm. put more focus on the medicines and stuff rather than, like, the root of the problem and kind of changed the way that was taught. Um, and, of mm-hmm. course, everybody knows about his, it. like, robber baron within the, like, railroad and um oil. Well, they were oil.
1: They, uh, Rockefeller had Standard Oil and Standard Oil was a company so big uh, and it was, it was what they called vertically integrated uh, where, where they, from the oil in the ground to the retail outlet, they controlled it all so they could keep raising prices on themselves you know, to make the price of gasoline go more expensive if you own the, the oil rigs if you own the pipelines if you own the refinery if you own the trucks and if you own the gas stations then you can keep raising prices all in the way but all you're doing is paying yourself See, that was a problem. So Standard Oil, you know, was broken into seven different companies. Texaco, Exxon, Mobil, Chevron, Sunoco, um, Gulf. Uh, I, think, I think that's Mobil. I may mean, have said that already. Anyway, But those those are all those are all uh, breakups of Standard Oil. That's how big that company was. Now, here's a nasty question. I love nasty questions. Um, what do you? Feminism came along a bit bit later, so we had the social progressives, which which got women voting, and then came feminism. What do you think the the really uh, who was behind feminism, and why?
2: Who is behind feminism?
1: Yeah, why, why did who 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 gained the most from feminism, and having women working? Um, so
0: it's
2: kind of a tricky kind of a tricky question because, of course, some people will say, oh, the women, they have more rights and more freedoms, but um, I think, at least for me, because of what you do see, you do see the breakup of the family, and you do see a lot of problems coming from that. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, you could say, like, the socialists or or the communists may have taken that step, you know, destroying from the inside kind of idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Of you know, breaking that apart and having the children go
0: to the state. Um, so that's, an that's another byproduct. That's, that's
1: a yeah, that's another good one. But it's not the one I'm thinking of. But listen, I try to ask really open-ended questions because then you and everyone else comes up with things that I haven't thought of. I got a particular thing in mind, but I want to I don't ask a question that steers you right there. That that doesn't that doesn't really allow you the freedom to, to so come up with other things. But yeah, but there's but that's that's a big one.
2: Family, Lee, you know what happened is he got in a position where he's in a lot of debt. And so what happened, like, the super wealthy friend was like, okay, well, we're going to get my, all my wealthy friends, and we're going to pay it off. And so it's kind of like the first, at least that I know of, it was like the first step into um, the influence within the political system, where it's like all the rich donors are in control, in, in a way. Sort of. oh, always been in control. and I mean, you see that today too, because what happened is that was yeah. kind of like the first thing where it was like completely, they were able uh-huh. to publicize everywhere. They were able to send out things to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so the political party, I guess, that they had, had so much funding from all these donors who mm-hmm. did not want Bryant to get in because of their own interests, you know, and so they were able to use all this. I think that was like kind of the start of it. Um I think we can kind of use the idea of who are those people who influence the government decisions who kind of have a hand in stake and a hand of power in the government system Mm -hmm. that are also involved in changing things to help benefit themselves. Yeah.
1: From what I've heard and what I've thought of, kind of like concurrently, I don't know which came first, whether I heard about it or thought about it first, but uh, the biggest beneficiary of women working is the government because of taxes, yeah. And so you basically doubled the workforce. And as more and more feminists inspired by government, you know, work fine. I mean, people can choose to work or not to work. I just don't want the government telling them or influencing the decision. But the biggest problem is that when you have two parents who have kids who are working, then the state raises the kids pretty much from birth, which is another byproduct of feminism. So the problem is, and I don't, like I say, I'm not really concerned which parent stays home. I just want one of them. To be the primary you know caregiver of the kids, so that they don 't get raised by the state, that alone is worth you know uh, either a lesser income or one person working at home or if each parent has a job doing it at different times. but whatever you know the, if you think of the kids first and they don 't get raised by the state, see now you 've got daycare you 've got breakfast at the schools. I think they have you know probably dinner now too for the parents to pick them up late. So, so the, the biggest problem is the state is raising the kids, and the state is making money off a whole bunch of women that they might not have been making money off before if those women want to be moms and stay home. I shouldn't say stay home. That doesn't sound right. Be home. I like the idea of stay home. You never hear of men working outside the home because, you know, the, you say well, women working outside the home. Well, uh, in other words, women should be in the home. No, I'm not saying that, but somebody should that make sense?
2: Well, also, you know, working inside the home is, like, very accurate because that's what they do. And, you know, sometimes people call it, like, being a homemaker, you know, because okay. that's what they do. They raise up their family. They um, hmm. make all their food, you know. They organize their house, you know. They create a good home environment. Um, and, that's you know, just because that's one of the things that they were told to, you know, raise up your children in the the Lord is often um, one of the things of, you know, raising your family. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can go to work and still be able to do that, you know, that's fine. Um, So, I mean, I think...
1: But don't men have an equal obligation? Don't fathers have an equal obligation to to raise their kids and and be part of the family? And what does scripture say about that?
2: Yes, they do. Um, Because the mother and the father are supposed to do that. But also, um, there's they are supposed to go out and work because, you know, if you don't work, you don't eat and stuff, and they're supposed to kind of set that leadership because there's different roles that you have. And I think, yeah, women can work, and and men can also stay home with the kids in certain ones, but I also think um, sometimes there's better ways to work, better ways for it to work, I guess,
1: um, naturally. Yeah. 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 And as someone who was a, a weekend dad for years, I mean, I spent all my weekends with my kid when she was growing up, you know, so, uh, but during the week, I was, you know, free to work, you know, so I worked long hours so we could do really cool things on weekends. Um, so, so there's, there's ways that you can, you know, do both. Um, but here's another question, too. So the, the tax argument's one thing. The other argument is that it's, it's a thing with socialists and progressives that one of the first things they do in every country they invade is get women working. And the reason is because women vote more socialistic, and more big government than men do. What do you think of that?
2: Yeah, um, that's probably pretty accurate. I think actually statistically women vote more, I statistically more women in the voting records are um, voting liberal.
1: Mm-hmm. I betcha be interesting to do a, a comparison of uh, Republicans and Democrats. I, I'm sure Republicans have more men and Democrats have more women. Uh, There's a big split going on right now. But here's, here's my really nasty question. Uh, I've asked this before. Um, knowing that women vote more socialistic and vote for less freedom overall, uh, would you, as a woman voter, if, if it were a situation where, where – I'm not going to say this is going to happen. It's not, and I don't agree with it, but it's just an interesting thing to think about. Would you give up your vote? Knowing that you'd be more free if men—if only men were voting.
2: Wait, see
1: the question again. Okay, would you give up your vote, the right of women to vote, knowing—and this is this is a, this is conditional, this is theoretical—knowing that if only men voted, you'd have more freedom because men tend to vote much more for freedom. So, is it yeah. more important to vote or have your freedom? Freedom. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Now, of course, my answer is uh, that uh, you, you really need both. You should be able to vote, and you should have more freedom. <laughs> that's what we do here at Action Radio. But it's <laughs> an interesting thought. I, ask ask your, 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 your female friends. See what they say. Would they give up their, their vote if they were more free, knowing that the guys are going to vote for more freedom and less government? It's news, you know, you want to have a controversial? That's controversial. <laughs> you know, so, uh, all
2: right. Okay. To be yeah. honest, they would probably give up their vote too because I don't think
1: they vote. <laughs> or anyways, well, that's okay, okay, so there's I'll a question too. No well, either, so. not voting is voting. Not voting is voting because you're still expressing your opinion, whether you vote yeah. or don't vote. This is why I never push people to vote. So you don't want to vote? Great, stay home. You don't know the issues? Stay away. Uh, you know, this idea that everybody should vote means that you're getting the greatest number of people susceptible to the least amount of, of information and, and the most propaganda. And uh, they're, being, they're being told what to vote. It's like when they you know, have a Democrat, you know, slate of candidates or the Republican slate of candidates. So first of all, I don't want Democrats or Republicans even picking our candidates. I want real people out there, you know, so you can't, you yeah. can't have a free society uh, the way it's working now. Um, but, uh, because I think I, quite honestly, way too many people vote. I think the vote should, you know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, discourage people from voting. I wouldn't put any restrictions on voting, but I wouldn't encourage them either. Wouldn't have any special programs. Wouldn't have any mail in, uh, absentee ballots for those that really want to vote. Absolutely. You know, if you're bona fide absentee, you can't, you can't get to the polls. Sure. But just have anybody mail out ballots. No drop boxes. Uh, uh-uh. uh. None of that stuff. You know, we don't make it convenient to own guns, yet we have a Second Amendment. So why do we make it? We take Herculean efforts to take, you know, ballots to people in nursing homes who can't even, you know, are still, you know, basically incoherent at this point uh, and put you know ballots under their nose and say, here, sign here. And, you know, there's there's no reason to do a Herculean effort to get people to vote. As long as you protect the right, as long as you don't take away from the right, there's nothing you should do to to, uh, uh, make more people vote, especially if they don't want to. That's fine with me. We'll get better decisions with fewer people voting, because the people that do vote will actually know what they're voting for. Ooh, there's a, another controversial thought.
2: Yeah, I know the entertainment um, and media kind of idea, I mm-hmm. uh, control a lot of influence, and that can be dangerous, especially when it's problem one-sided. But um, also, I think it is important, because as American citizens, it's our duty to vote, because it's kind of disrespectful if we do not though. It's kind of like we're willingly giving up some of our freedoms, and the only thing that's going to secure it, and the more we just let it loose, I think, I think what we need to do is educate people on it. Like, I remember learning in like, um, I, w- I don't want to say colonial years, but like early, early America um, mm-hmm. in the United States, the colleges that we had. The two things that they mainly taught, like, over anything, if anything else, was law and, um, well, like, the legal studies, political studies, kind of that idea, or ministry. Those were the Mm. two main reasons that people would go to college, and that was it. And ministry was actually the top reason. And everybody that took law, I guess, also kind of took ministry in a way, too. Um, I mean, because religion was extremely important. Mm hmm and it's not well, anymore, and it should be.
1: Well, our laws come from
2: that's, that's
3: Christianity. I mean,
1: uh, the Ten Commandments is the basis of all law in in the Christian world. Yes. So law, you know, the, well, the uh, Christianity gives or any religion, well, you listen. know, gives your moral code. Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, the Ten Commandments is a kind of law for everybody,
1: mm-hmm. and.
2: If you're not Christian, you're more up not to follow it. But also, I mean, just think of the laws we have. I mean, do not murder. That's a commandment. I mean, look at some of the values. Well, I don't know if they're values anymore for some people, but it's like do not lie. You know, do not steal. That's against the law. But now they're changing that in some areas. But, you know, these things yeah, lying is perjury. to I the mean, real world. Uh, uh,
1: there are legal requirements for lying. And, well, it all comes down to life, liberty, and property. You're either, you know, criminals, they, they can take your life or deny your life or, or somehow affect your life, uh, your liberty. They can steal your freedom. You know, uh, that, that would be kidnapping. That would be anything they do And your property, you know, stealing stuff from you, uh, carjacking, you know. So uh, every law is really based on, uh, you know, like you're saying, it's a moral code, you know. So it's a lot of Ten Commandments. But the, there's, there's no law. I don't know if this law is against adultery. We just think it it's disgusting, <laughs> you know, that, you know, coveting your neighbor's goods is not a crime, but stealing them is. You know, so it's um, it's it's interesting. It's still, but it's a moral code. But morals go beyond laws. A lot of things we we tolerate that are we we don't make them illegal, but we don't condone them either. So there's an interesting split in there. The difference between a a, a uh, you know a moral code from God and actual laws, because some laws are unenforceable. So it's it's very interesting. Yeah. how it It's, all works out it's with, kind of like. Know. Uh-huh.
2: The polygamy um, of the Old Testament, you know, it wasn't right, and mm-hmm. you know, it's not what God wanted. But He was kind of, um, what's word, was word was I'm thinking of? Uh, like dealt with it, like uh, put up with it. There's a well, see, term I'm, for it.
1: Are there the laws against polygamy?
2: Sarah, I believe.
1: Yeah. Are there laws against? I, there yeah. are laws against polygamy, as far as I know. There are laws. There's, well, it's a state province anyway, so maybe yeah. states, cities, local. Uh, you know, you can, but are there laws against also adultery? A
2: Christian moral too.
1: Well, see, yeah, that. And that's I mean, I, just, I mean, there used to be.
2: They used to. I think they used to stone them. I believe.
1: For what adultery? I
0: remember. But, yes. Not in America. No, but...
1: no, no, no. But yeah, I'm well, just okay. saying, are there laws on the books now uh, against adultery? I don't think so. But we just call it cheating. Not in America. It's grounds for divorce. I know that. A lot of times,
2: yeah, a lot of times, like in a divorce, if one person cheats, then um, the other person can get more of it or something like that. But also, the divorce system, a lot of times, the women are really, in in most cases, now there is exceptions, but in most cases, the women's... The women are highly favored, and men get a really blunt in it, of the deal, even if the reason was like the women 's fault um, oh sure
1: men oh, are highly well, disadvantaged in divorce uh, the the inequalities and in justice in family court. Uh, men are far more likely to be convicted of assault than women, even if the women do it. Um, there's, you know, men get higher jail sentences. I mean, the discrimination of men is, is rampant. So, so the idea of the toxic male is hysterical, um, that uh, masculinity is, is toxic. You know, we've got, you know, I mean, the most discriminated person is the, is the white Christian conservative male. <laughs> we don't get affirmative action. We don't get college scholarships. We don't get contracts set aside for us. You know, we don't get spaces in government. We don't get anything. Uh, so so if you want to know yeah, who actually earned their way, it's I, the white guy. Go ahead.
2: Something that I've thought about, I see a lot of people like, arguing like toxic masculinity and people saying that's not a thing. And some people saying it is a thing. And, you know, whenever I think of it, you know, there's masculinity and there's femininity. And then, you know, there's just bad people. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't think you can really subject to either side because you're right. You know, women do t- terrible things just like men do, and that oh, yeah. was also something that they, that, coiled, that the anti-feminists were right about was that mm-hmm. kind of change, that shift where women have all of this power.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, I remember when uh, before there were as many women in, <laughs> in office, people were saying we need more women in office. Feminists we need more women in office. They'll be kinder, gentler, you know, more nurturing. And I think of, you know, Nancy Pelosi, Gretchen Whitmer, you know, uh, Kathy Hochul, you know, all these all these dictators come to mind. You know, women, are just, uh, the governor of New, of New Mexico who just, you know, attempted to ban the Second Amendment. You know, these people are power. They're, you know, the difference it, it's the power. It's not whether you're a man or a woman. It's the power and the abuse of power. You know, all, I would say all power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. And all power corrupts regardless of whether you're male or female. It's, just, it's the power. And it's fascinating that that women in yeah. politics are just as evil, just as corrupt, just as dictatorial, uh, just as dangerous as men. Oh yeah, we got Marco. Yeah, I <laughs> Marco.
2: was just, I saw this one thing. Of...
1: Yeah, uh, go ahead. Okay. I'll give you Marco's comment. It's kind of funny, actually.
2: <laughs> I saw this one thing, and it was a girl uh-huh. talking about this, and like she has some kind of podcast or something. And there there was a guy too. I don't I don't know what it was though. Um. Uh-huh. And they were kind of talking about this about this push for like equal like equal men and women in government and how they oh. need all these women in all these leadership positions and how uh, in companies women need all these like bonuses or kind of affirmative action kind of ideas. And oh. one of the things they brought up was like, okay, well, why is that not for all jobs? Why is it just for this? I mean, what about bricklayers or sewage workers or <laughs> electric hey, women workers do those jobs. or all these other things? <laughs> like this these are like 90% point. of men like, yeah. we need, oh, yeah. like, 50, 50, women break layers. <laughs> like, you know, exactly. You guys don't say anything like that.
1: No, no, we'll see and that. the, thing the thing is, this, one of the that... arguments they have is, yeah.
2: you know, one of the Go arguments ahead. they come back with is, it, like, yeah, well, they can if they want, they just don't want to. And they were saying, well, the same thing for, you know, serving Serbian government office. They can if they want, but it's the people's decision if they want them in or not, you know?
1: yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's fascinating that people, you know, everybody sees things from their own political or, or their own propagandistic side. You know, how many women will climb those power lines, you know, in, in a hurricane, you know, to, well, not quite a hurricane, but, you know, it, there's a lot of jobs. You know, look at, you remember Mike Rose series, Dirty Jobs? Most of the people doing those jobs were men. Mm. Yeah. You know, guys do, guys do pretty yeah, horrendous yeah. work. You know, you look down the sewer, if you look on a, a manhole, <laughs> you know, if I can be so, so sexist here, look on a manhole. You know the guys working under the streets. It's guys. <laughs> Not a lot of women down there. Not that women can't, but they don't. So the difference is, is and this is exactly the point that you're making. You know, women can, but they don't, and that's a choice, and that's okay. But there's big money in uh, yeah, in, mean, in doing things that are really disgusting and hard to do. So you know. Just think of the
2: military as well. I mean, uh-huh. for years and stuff, and even now, like men are the only ones that are drafted. And that's for a reason. And also, you know, What's the only they had to do is
1: wait a minute. They hit, hit a to, spot with me. Yeah.
2: Uh, they hit a um, or they lower the standards for women. So, like men, they have for years they have certain standards that they have, they have to reach in order to go into the military. Uh-huh. Well, for uh-huh. women, they had to lower it for women to reach it. And so the are thing is, like, because men and women are different and stuff, obviously.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: But instead of having women meet that same thing, and they will have to work harder at it, but they will have to get at that same level to, um, I guess, be beneficial for this fighting force, they've lowered it to where they only have to meet, like, a certain level, a lower level. And what that does is that kind of weakens the standards of, what you're trying to build too. Well, it's dangerous. So,
1: it, like, it, it, I think of it, it in the same resentment. way
2: that they should yeah. keep. They should keep a single standard,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and if women are able to meet that same standard as the men, they should be able to do it. But if they can't, if they can't meet the standard that is required for this, why mm-hmm. lower it to have something weaker or not as beneficial for us? So, oh, I, I, that's just out. how I think of.
1: No, you're you're right. But the thing yeah. is to, to bring women into combat units, special forces, and things like that. Well, most men can't meet those those criteria. <laughs> you know, there's very few people. Let's take special for Navy SEALs, uh, the Air Force Army with the Army Rangers, that kind of thing. So let's take Army Rangers and Navy SEALs. Okay, most men cannot qualify, so they don't lower the standards so that more men can qualify. Well, lower the standards so more women can qualify. That doesn't make sense. Those things are incredibly hard well, to get into. Well, I don't into.
2: think women can go into the SEALs.
1: Oh, okay. What, didn't you oh, see wait, G.I. I Jane? Well, I mean, I saw Demi Moore. Demi Moore was, it was a G.I. Jane at Navy SEALs. Okay. The movies wouldn't lie to us. I'm just teasing you. It's a great film. <laughs> um, but it's maybe kind of cool strange. film anyway. I mean, just yeah. think,
2: like, if you're yeah. going to war and uh-huh. you're in your group or division or whatever, um, and you have all the sources and they're going, and then you have a woman that's going to slow you down if she's not if she's not up to the same standards as the men of uh-huh. that. It's going to slow you down. It's going to hinder you. And um, I mean even just thinking like selection like you were saying like those special forces kind of things. Like uh-huh. the men, there might be like let's say there there was five men who uh, didn't like get to the men's requirements, but they still got higher than the women did. So they're still better, and more equipped than the women. But the women mm-hmm. met their goal. So the women can get in who did worse than the men who did better than men because of the different standards set. So they're having weaker people go mm-hmm. in to fill that kind of spot. And so, I mean, it's kind of like one of the disparities that they have there.
1: Yeah, no, the, we guess we got a whole bunch of comments on live chat, so I don't think you get a chance to uh, to do that while you're while you're watching. It's pretty busy on there. Uh, Marco in the Netherlands talked about Hillary Clinton. You know, we came, we saw he died. In other words, she basically got – uh, Omar, uh, Muammar Gaddafi assassinated by his own people. Uh, that's what Benghazi was about when they're running guns uh, into ISIS through Benghazi. Uh, and I've got the stand-down order folks, you know, actually on the, on one of my calls uh, back at wild you know, um, I can send you that episode. But yeah, Hillary Clinton is one of the worst. You want to talk about power hungry, totally corrupt? I mean, she could be a guy. <laughs> anyway, was, but, the, but it's interesting with the standards you're talking about. So if the standards are the same, OK, so here's here's a, here's another question. It's, it's fascinating that uh, everybody, including men, are against women, you know, having to register for the draft. In other words, selective service. But the, the same. But then the feminists are saying, well, wait a minute. Women can do every job that a man can do. You should have women trying out for the SEAL team. If they can't make it, you have to lower the standards. Well, you can't have it both ways. Either everybody registers for the draft or nobody registers for the draft. That's 14th Amendment. That's equal protection. So the selective service for men is unconstitutional. The second thing is, well, let's deal with that first of all. So so how do you see that dichotomy of, of lowering the standards for women but still not having women register for the draft?
2: Yeah, well, I don't think we should register women for the draft. And like you said, I think we do need an all-voluntary force. Um, should we
1: register men for the draft the then? So, your men?
2: Oh, voluntary force. So
1: no. So no. <laughs> so in other words, no. Okay, so no selective service. That's what you're saying. So,
2: so with it, I don't. I need to. I guess look into it more to really full, form like that's a it. solid opinion of it. Because mm-hmm. right now, there's arguments for both sides that make sense. But hmm. I do believe having a military force is better. What if we get in a situation? It's not. But then also you could think about it like, what if 90% of America is against a war, a war and know it's bad, but the government still wants to draft people? I mean, maybe the government shouldn't take us to war. If 90% of the people are against that's a good it and question. think it's wrong or it's going to take away rights or things like that. So, I
1: No, that's the old expression. What if the government had a war and nobody came? That, that was uh, a 60s Vietnam thing. Um, Pianti says that Colin Powell made similar references of what we're talking about here. But, yeah, I don't, you know, there's another problem with selective service, too. And that is that that men that don't register, uh, they don't get college loans. Uh, uh, There's some job restrictions. There's some other things they can't get. So it's incredibly discriminatory against men. It's, It's an illegal program. So you either register women or you don't register men. But you can't just register men. It's unconstitutional. It's illegal. It's discriminatory on so many levels. And besides, the volunteer force is a great way for the people to express whether they want to be in the wars that the government wants. Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iraq, Vietnam, Korea. You know, all these, all these places, these wars wouldn't have happened. I think a lot of them would have, well, Vietnam had a draft. It's interesting the Vietnam protests ended, not when the war ended, but they ended when the draft ended. So people, didn't, Americans didn't care if, if people volunteered to go fight in Vietnam. They only cared if they were going to be drafted for a war that they didn't want to go to. Interesting, yeah,
0: right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Pianchi wants to get in this conversation because we got only have a few minutes left, think, so let me bring him in here. Yeah, go ahead. Finish your full thought, and then we'll get to Pianchi.
2: Okay. I also think that with um, the Vietnam War, I don't remember the statistics, but a lot more draftees died, I think, than volunteers. I don't I remember
3: having Well, it depends right. what the volunteers but went.
1: I mean, the volunteers have gone to the band. (laughs) They might have gone to the accounting department. You know, only 10% of the military is in combat. People don't realize that. You know, you look at people on aircraft carrier, how many people are in combat? Unless the ship is attacked with a missile, you know, or directly attacked, there's 5,000 people on an aircraft carrier. How many of them are pilots? 200? 100? They're the actual combatants. Most of the people on aircraft carrier are, you know, cooks, (laughs) painters, (laughs) you know, uh, engineers, uh, engine room people. You know, various officers, different departments, intelligence, radar, traffic control, things like that. Very few are actually in combat, even though they're on an aircraft carrier. So the idea of, of, of uh, not drafting men is not a big deal, because, or the idea of drafting women isn't such a big deal, because so few of the military people actually serve in combat. So if you don't qualify for the Navy SEALs, there's plenty of other jobs. In fact, there's, there's probably like 99% of the other jobs in the military where you don't have to have the same qualifications as a Navy SEAL. So what's the big deal? You can't qualify. You can't meet the standards. You don't, you don't get in. Unless you're trying to sabotage the Navy SEALs by putting women in there with lower standards and destroy the the, uh, the whole Navy SEAL you know, team anyway, which is what I think the real goal is. Because there's plenty of other jobs in the military. If, you, if joining the military is an issue, plenty of jobs, most of them non-combat, bus driving. There's <laughs> no more dangerous than bus driving. Bus
0: <laughs> uh, driving. You know,
1: well, the, 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 the military has bus drivers. How do, how do you think the, the, the kids get to school on military bases?
0: Oh,
2: right? my gosh. And I so, I don't know how all that works, though. but <laughs> I
1: could have gone in the military as a tuba player. In fact, I should have, actually. It would have been fun. Travel the world, playing tuba. Wow, what a kick. And rock out. Oh, I guess women out. can join the Navy
2: SEALs.
1: As what? Well, yeah, they can, absolutely, as long as they meet the qualifications. But well, the problem is when you have different qualifications. Anyway, let's get to Pianchi. We only got five minutes left, and then Josie will join us. Pianchi?
4: Oh, I will just Checking my internet
1: connection. Oh, is, are you connected? You're live here. I am now. Okay, good.
4: Something happens every now and then, but uh, I think it's with the nature of the conversation. No, I'm just yeah, kidding.
1: yeah. It's the FBI, KGB. They're always listening. They're just, they're just not brave enough to call me. A bunch of coward weenies. Hear that, FBI, KGB? I just no, called you a bunch uh, of cowards and weenies. Anyways, just don't mind me. You talk about if I'm not here women. next week, you know why?
4: <laughs> good. Yeah, you talk about women. Modernity has called on women to be more inclusive in uh, the marketplace in the workplace. I mean, that changed mean? the time. Early more inclusive on with of
1: women, women, women? With or women have to, or women have to be more inclusive.
4: Yeah, women has a lot to offer to, to well, of today, and, and you can go back in time and look at. When uh, the female did stay at home while the male went out and captured the game and won the bread and done the fighting. But you do have societies where women have been in those capacities before they had any outside contact
1: with other ethnic groups. So it just depends. Well, no, it's interesting. I mean, you look at the – okay, let's get controversial again. You look at most of the ancient societies. Uh, from American Indian through, uh, you know, various indigenous peoples around the world. Most of those are matriarchies. Sorry, Brianna. <laughs> they never advanced <laughs> because women like being comfortable. Women like things consistent. They'll, you know, the agrarian societies, you know, the peaceful societies were great, but they never invented anything. Uh, it's the guys, you know, <laughs> that go invent stuff and have – it's true. The guys are the ones that have the crazy dreams, you know, from the light bulb to the airplane. You know, men that the
2: skyscrapers.
1: Yeah, women are too sensible to do that. So female-dominated societies died out. Well, the w- w- reason right. why is because they wouldn't
4: wasn't wouldn't offer those opportunities, but you have had historical uh, societies where women-led armies in the battle.
1: So it just depends. I'm not saying women can't. The I'm just saying that women act- don't. Well, what do you think, Brianna? You want to invent something? Um- you, want to create, you want to create something?
2: I mean, I don't not want
1: to. Okay. I mean, you got the option. I'm just. I don't scared. like have a strong
2: but drive to go out and make something, but some
1: people do. I do. do. <laughs> I do. In fact, I did. Action Radio it was an idea I had on a bike ride. Look where we are. <laughs> people all over the country are oh, calling in. We're, look, we're writing laws. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh.
2: they're kind of. I thought you mean what?
1: Invention invention. This is like, an invention. A you don't think you don't think this <laughs> is an invention? Just 'cause you just 'cause you can't yeah, you know you open it from a package. What's that? It's a service. Goods and yeah. services.
4: You we know, come into uh, services.
1: Well, wait a minute. Yeah, I w I wanna find out about goes. this. Brianna doesn't think I've invented anything. <laughs> now you now, now you got me now you got me uh thinking. <laughs> you know, I gotta react to that. I'm sorry, You're you an inventor
2: now.
1: I am an inventor. Piaki? Yeah, you know, in commercial construction, like in our work, there's women
4: that mm-hmm. not only do reinforcement, but they also do structural. Oh, sure. Aspects well, it's not of... that
1: women can't. See, that's the question. Is it that women can't or women don't? And I think it comes much more to women don't. But listen, I saw, what was it, uh, Flashdance, you know, with the woman welder? There's no job that women can't do. I'll tell you another thing, too. I, I think women, have, you know, being smaller, lighter, and a lower center of gravity might make really good commandos. You know, so, and there's no reason why women can't do that kind of job. But do they?
4: Well, Can what you have them? is uh-huh. that they aren't they aren't exposed to it like men are. Uh-huh. But, but
1: who are the dreamers? Who are the dreamers? Let, let's face it, guys no, dream have, more about flying airplanes and going women, to the moon. Yeah, and... women that dream,
4: women that dream too. You know right. what the difference has come is when you expose a child young two different uh-huh. things.
0: Uh-huh.
4: <laughs> but you got the, you know, like for instance in, in your uh Asians, Asian females are exposed to home building at an early age, whereas in the Western world you don't see women being exposed. Now I have seen women build cabins all
1: cabins. And okay, so home building you have an actual construction. On,
4: yeah.
1: Okay. They do. That's about the homemaking. All right. Just big difference.
4: And you know, okay. what caused a lot of women to have to come into the marketplace was the modernity that was introduced to homemaking, like the sewing machine, rather than the old weavers.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the amount of time women spend doing things, you know, the the days of, of pounding your clothes on the rocks or later on putting them through the uh, the ringer. <laughs> Brianna, have you ever seen a ringer used for, for laundry?
0: Um. I
2: may have, but don't know the name of it.
1: Sammy, okay, it's two wheels that were really close together, uh, and uh, they were dangerous <laughs> because you, you get, you know, fingers, arms, you know, things caught them. They're very dangerous. Um, but uh, that's how they used to ring out close to make yes, them Yes, they have things. Yeah. When I was a so, kid,
4: so, I used to stick my fingers in them intentionally, <laughs> but it was spring what, that loaded. that so me? <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: it was spring loaded, so it didn't hurt that bad.
1: Oh well, you know, it's all. I guess it's relative. Maybe, yeah. But the point is that uh, that technology has greatly reduced, you know, dishwashers, washing machines. You know, have greatly reduced uh, microwaves. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of a lot of technology that's reduced the time that either men or women you know, have to spend at home doing things. You know, the days of the the Can pot hanging over the right? fire. Yeah, exactly. Wood stoves. Yeah. But here's the other problem, though. I think the government has engineered a situation whereby it's, it's become a necessity for, for women to work simply to pay the bills because the cost of the living is so much higher. You know, and then we go back to our 50s model. You had one person working, usually the guy, uh, and that guy would work nine to five, you know, with an hour for lunch. So they're basically working seven hours, you know, the eight hour day. Now it's like eight to six, you know, with half an hour off, that's not paid. You know, so the amount of time people work is longer. Uh, the amount of people working is more, <clears throat> the taxes are much higher, the cost of living is much higher, but a, a 50s income. You could buy a house on, on one person working, you buy a car or two, probably two, have a couple of kids, you could go on vacation, you, know, you could do all kinds of things. That was the American dream. So in the 50s, it worked. So what's changed? Well, inflation, the cost of living went up, the taxes have gone up, the government has, has engineered a situation where it's impossible for women not to work. That's by design, and I think a lot of it's to do with the government getting taxes and controlling people. They get the kids early because both parents are working, and you know, the kids go to the state, you know, the state daycare, and then the, uh, you know, the state school, and then they're programmed by the state. So by the time they get out of college, they're they're perfect, you know, good little state communists. That's by design. They
4: created a whole industry. You know what name was very prominent in daycares? There was a company called KinderCare. That was a dancer.
1: Oh, I've heard. I've heard of it Roth of what, and what was it now?
4: It was called KinderCare in the Danfords of uh, Ralston Perina, also John Danford, who was a U.S. senator that the brought, uh, that sponsored uh, Clarence Thomas.
1: Well, that's interesting because Ralston Perina makes, makes pet food. <laughs> so you, you're talking about the the daycare was owned by the pet food company. I don't know why that's interesting. I just think it's interesting.
4: Well, I can see where you're thinking, but uh, you might have a point. No, it's just,
1: but, they don't, but what's the connection? Well, kinder, the, uh, kindergarten, that's German. You know, kindergarten. You know, and, and, and the Prussian model of education is the worst. <laughs> that's what we have now. Factories, you know, school bells, Pavlovian response is terrible. School is nothing but an indoctrination system. All right, Brianna, let's give you the last word. I know you have to take off. And let's get your uh, sign up. But, of course, as always, you're welcome to listen in. And we've got Christina Bob in the the third hour. So you definitely want to catch that if you can, uh, either live or podcast. Thanks, Brianna. Cool report.
0: <laughs> Probably
1: not what you intended.
0: In
2: <laughs> <laughs> words of Josie um, it is all so well organized. And you guys are definitely right on that part, too, that, you know, there, I think there was planning within it, but, yeah. yeah.
0: Sounds good. All right. Let's, uh, this let's is Brian sign up Cannon little...
2: with Government Inquiry and Action Radio.
1: Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. I think it's the one thing I need to improve the most. I'm terrible with my sign-offs with people because I jump in, cut them off. I always... The intros are okay, I've got to work on the, the closing of my reports. All right, let's get to Josie. She started off as a poor child in Nicaragua living under communism. Now she is a prosperous small businesswoman with a great family, living the dream as an American citizen. Josie Cosi knows all about both worlds, communism and freedom. She knows where your dreams can come alive and where they can die very quickly. And so her report is as much from experience as knowledge, and her passion and crusade are very real. With connections all over Central and South America, Josie brings you the world south of the U.S. border, from personal experience, living, not just reporting, what's happening. And now, the Latina Report with Josie Coffey. Hola, Josie. ¿Cómo está? Hola,
3: good morning. Buenos días.
0: Buenos días. Hola. Hola. <laughs> hola.
1: Hola. <Hello>. Good Good night. <laughs> Hey, we have news. Uh, we have a, a, oh, a new Latina reporter, uh, Jessica Rivera, is on Monday mornings now. we got to get you two together. She's like L.A. Uh,
3: you do? What's we her do.
1: Name? Uh, Jessica Rivera. She's a real broadcaster. Oh, she's, she's actually did. done, you know, like, like national website, you know, national conservative news. So uh, we are branching out. Oh, good. Yeah, and Marcos is good, good talking. <laughs> yeah, so I want to get you two together just because she's you know American-born, LA um, Hispanic community, and you're from Nicaragua, and I think the mm-hmm. two of you have an interesting chat. So I'm gonna work on that sometime. See if we can get you two together. So mm, that'd be fun.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: she can call in. Or when is she Monday?
1: on? Monday morning, seven o'clock, seven Central Time. Oh, so okay. she starts I, the week now. Sure bright and early. It. Too early for you? Yeah, yeah. 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 You got to take care of the bees and No,
3: it depends if I bark, go to bark. the lake, but yeah.
1: <laughs> um, well, check out the podcast. It was really good. For, we did, we talked about cash bail, the Illinois law. That was uh, that was our, our Monday chat. Yeah. So in your mind, what's going on?
3: I, well, I heard you guys talking about women and men and, you know.
1: Yeah, we did it's that. It's like
3: this. Women can, <clears throat> women can do just about anything that men can do, but the strength that women have is not the same like men. It's totally different. I used mm-hmm. to help my husband build furniture in Miami and my husband used to, my mom used to say, what, what are you a man? You know, she's always making fun of me, but I remember mm-hmm. lifting a couch because I was upholstering and I was teaching my nephew how to upholstery. I mm-hmm. can do anything except work on cars because I don't want to get my nails dirty and black.
0: I think that. <laughs> so, yeah. But
1: if you could, if you had to, yeah. you could. If you, if you had to change oil, if your life depended on it, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Hey, there's a lot of things I don't want to do, you know. But here's a question though: we always talk yeah. about men and women jobs in terms of physical strength, but what about mental? We think differently. Men and women think differently. We approach problems differently, and maybe that's a reason that women pick certain jobs and men pick certain jobs. What do you think?
3: I think Yeah, you're right. I think men uh cannot multitask like women. An example.
1: I can. A woman <laughs> you should see what I do on the show. No,
3: you can't. <laughs> a woman can have a child in her arms and try yeah. to fix the baby body with one hand. Yeah. And you give a man a baby and try to do one thing with one hand and they can't. It's, it's you know, because I have tried with my husband and other men. They say, oh, no, here, take the baby. Well,
4: that's uh, interesting. No, that's, that's a, that's we a good example.
0: Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah, it is. My husband, yeah, a man you
1: don't drop the do. baby yeah. on his head. <laughs> yeah, don't drop the baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but that, that, and that's, an, that's an interesting point that you make. So in other words, what jobs are better for multitaskers? In that regard, I'm surprised there aren't more talk show hosts or women, although that's changing because you look at me, I've got one hand on, on the mouse doing things on the computer. I've got my other hand on the keyboard yeah. typing things. I'm talking all, I'm doing this all this at the same time. I'm, I've been thinking about my Christina Bob interview at the top of the next hour during the whole time we've been talking. And I've got like several, I've got like a page of questions, which I'll only get to maybe a quarter. Well,
3: you're just hyper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well. Most men cannot you... do that stuff like you do. Really? That's why not everybody's a radio producer or a radio speaker, because the they just don't have it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I produce a show at the show the time, too. Men are strong,
3: yeah. men uh-huh. are loving, hard workers. Right. Not not everybody, of course, because there's so many sitting in their butt right now doing nothing.
1: Well, those those oh, those metrosexual me men me don't count. About... Yeah.
3: I want to give you an example also. Okay. I have a friend. Uh, she's been married, I will say, 15 years. Uh huh. And her and her husband are about to give it up because she was telling me because I asked her, "Can I help?" Because I used to help people with their marriage in Miami, marriage counseling. And she said, No, 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 no. I don't want to get help. I'm sick and tired of being a maid. I take care of the kids. I do homeschooling. I take them to the practice of their games. But no, it's practice because I don't have a a girl. Uh, And I feel like I'm a maid at home, and I'm sick and tired of that.
0: She's going to strike or what?
3: (laughs) What did people do back in the old days? Women were at home, and men went and made the bacon. You know, it's it's sad for a young girl. And I told her, but your children are at the age that they really need mommy and daddy together. She said, I don't care. She said, I'm sick and tired of being a maid and that's how I feel.
1: That's selfish. Um, That's modern feminism. So you tell me, does that make sense?
3: No, she needs to whip him in the butt.
1: You know, what I'm saying is, but this is, but this is a product of modern feminism. Women, you know, can it's have not. it all, but, but, but now don't have to do what uh, you know women have traditionally done. Well, Brianna's still in line. I don't, know, Brianna, if you want to jump back into this conversation, feel free. Yeah.
0: Um, but,
1: uh, but it's, it's interesting because you know, uh, when she starts working and gets all this stuff, she's going to face all the, the same thing. But it, it, women are not only, um, not, not having to do traditional female roles, they're completely abandoning them, which is kind of interesting. She doesn't want to work. And you they know what to, I told her? Yeah.
3: I said. I said, let me ask you a quick question. I said, so you are not good enough to be a mom with those kids? Are you willing for the children to have a brand-new mom coming up? And yeah. you know what? A lot of the marriages, they don't think about that. I yeah. talked to my husband, one of my husband's best friend, military, that his wife mm-hmm. was packing her bag, mm-hmm. ready to leave the seven-year-old little boy for another man. She was an <sighs> executive at a bank. Wow. And I didn't know much about marriage counselor or about anything. I was a brand new okay. Christian uh, trying to help myself, as it is, because I was going through problems myself.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Right. And within 45 minutes that I talked to that young woman, whatever God allowed me to say or use me, she was unpacking her bag. Until this day right now, today, that little boy, he's 31 Mm-hmm. Never, ever found out that his mom was packing her back to leave him. Because I asked her that question. Are you not good enough of a mom that you're willing to bring a new mother on your child's life? She mm-hmm. didn't think about that, you know? Yeah. And people did well, not think because, about that. That's uh, what society I told her. She said, yeah, I don't Think care. for
1: yourself. So, only you count. Yeah. You know, only, only the, yeah. you, know, you can't think that way. Now, And I, like I was divorced, you know, when my kid was, was uh, seven. And so, you know, as a, as a basically a weekend dad, I just spent every weekend with my kid until she graduated high school. Mm -hmm. So there are ways around these things. You don't have to abdicate even though circumstances in your life might change, you know, but uh, to, to willingly give up your kids, you know, even if you're divorced, you don't have to give up your kids. I didn't. So there's choices. Those are choices people make. But, um, but this is all, this is all part of the, uh, the destruction of the family, which a lot of comments were made on this earlier by design. The great society, you know, giving women the same more money than they would get uh, if the fathers were there, you know, with apartments and welfare and food stamps and everything like that. That's designed to split up families. That's caused most of our crime problems. Uh, And that's by design because crime is we talked about this yesterday uh, with with Jessica. The crime is an integral part of government to take away rights because they take uh, the honest law abiding citizens, scare the hell out of them. And then they run to the government saying, save me, protect me after the guns are gone. And the government says, oh, I'm happy to protect you, but it's going to cost you this right, that right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now we have an invasion yeah. of illegal aliens uh, coming into our country, which are causing huge crime problems, while they're defunding this the police and disarming disarming Americans. So they're doing everything they can to destroy this country. It's really bad. Yeah.
0: And
3: that's yeah. what I wanted to talk about a little bit sure. this morning and go into Argentina okay. after. Uh, yep. Judge Janine was talking about uh, 472,000 Venezuelans just got temporary uh, 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 status in this country. Uh, so they that's can illegal. work. They, mm-hmm. They're they getting Social Security already in their hands. Yep. Uh, so and they that's can illegal. register to vote. That's the issue. Well, I know. Yeah. It is yeah. illegal. Can
0: they
1: There's a lot of vote? stuff that
3: they've been doing. They can register
1: to vote. They're, they're Venezuelans. How can they register to vote?
3: They are. Yeah. So, so that's very sad. She was enraged just talking about this, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't blame her. And I'm upset as a Latina myself, you know, a legal Latina. Mm-hmm. And uh, over 10,000 just came in to uh, arrive, uh, going across a few days ago. And there's videos in uh, other sections of the border. Uh, troopers, uh, patrols are helping them to come across, including cutting wires for them to walk right in.
1: Oh, sure. This is all by design. Uh, This is why it's so stupid of of people to say, well, you know, especially the the, the GOP geldings. Well, we're going to try and uh, get the Brandon administration, you know, insurrection to secure the border. Don't they understand that this is by design? They don't want a border that all these people are being brought in on purpose They're trying to get as many people as they can. So they're saying, Well, we're trying to discourage the bank robber from robbing the bank, even though they've been successful yeah. robbing the bank okay. sixteen times and they have been arrested because we don't prosecute criminals anymore. Is the bank robber gonna stop robbing the bank? No. Because you're not arresting them for you know, for robbing the bank. Okay, it's the same thing here. Exactly. Is anybody is anybody yeah. defunding Catholic charities? Is anybody um, defunding all the, the, the bus companies and them. the you know and the There's air companies criminals. that are yeah, that are transporting these illegals. Is anybody seizing the hotels where these illegals are staying? See nothing's being done that could be done. You know, is anybody seizing well, you know the companies that are hiring? You know, I mean this is this is how you fight this problem. Yeah, go ahead, Bianchi.
4: I don't think it's Joe Biden here there's something else that's in behind the scene that's thinking of these ideas. Yeah,
1: this is Obama. More. No, no. This, this, is, this is Obama, pure and simple, because he's the yeah, one that wanted so, so to I fundamentally say, I change America.
3: behind Obama, Biden.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely Obama, but here's the thing, too, and it makes sense, because you look at everything Obama did to, quote, fundamentally trans, transform America. He brought in all the Somalis, you know, like Ilhan Omar. He brought in as many He brought in all the Afghanis after the surrender, which he ordered, you know, Brandon yeah. to do. He's the one who's been bringing in all these people. He knows that the, the, the Muslim migration into Christian Europe has destroyed it. And the only two countries yeah. that are doing well are Hungary and Poland and Eastern Europe. Because they had enough invaders. They had enough of the Russians and the Nazis. You know, they don't want any more invaders. They certainly don't want a bunch of illegals in their country. You know, see, I've been watching the Hungarian and the, uh, the Polish uh, president at the UN speeches, and they're like, you people are idiots. Mm-hmm. You let all these illegals into your country, yeah. that's your problem. We don't want them. We've got yeah. you know, Polish doctors and Polish lawyers. We don't need the other people. You know, Hungary is like we're going to protect our borders. We've got borders. You know, we have enough Hungarians. We're doing just fine, thank you. Stay the hell out. You know, and and but this but this is by design. This is like the Crusades in reverse. So you've got by design. You you know, if you want to destroy a country, the best, the first way you do that is you put a bunch of people in that have nothing to do with that country, don't care about that country, are only there. You know, they want a better life. Well, you know what? Americans want a better life too. That's why we're here. Yeah. You know, so screw them. We have
3: a better life. And we're giving all the money, and the stupid Republicans are allowing for more millions and millions Mm -hmm. to go to Ukraine, which is all the money laundering. A lot of the money is coming back to their pockets. Nothing is going to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. A lot of the weapons and a lot of the stuff is being sold in the Ukraine. So it's all a lie, all a lie. Mm -hmm. The Ukrainian people are suffering. I'm, I'm on the phone all the time with them. I know what's going on over there uh, hmm. by people telling me the truth. Uh, but I wanted to talk about Argentina, Argentina yeah. in the morning.
1: Tell how this came about because you and I <laughs> both awesome. discovered this at the same time. It's really quite fascinating.
3: So uh, there's a election in October coming up soon. Uh, there's a new running president, Javier Milei, ex soccer player. Rock and roll artist. Super sharp. Oh, my God. Even the way he talks is clear. So mm-hmm. good. So, so
1: intelligent. <laughs> I knew, I knew I, the <laughs> Well,
3: Yeah, because I, that's my language.
1: I know. That's one easy. of my language. Yeah.
3: But uh, very, very sharp. And uh, uh, I talked to a few Argentinians here locally, and they really like him because they're sick and tired of this uh, left in Argentina. So he He impressed me really, really, and he talked a, a lot with Tucker about a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, go see Tucker uh, Carlson's talking, interview.
1: that's what I, that's what yeah. I watched. It's fabulous. yeah
3: yeah, and he's talking about uh, that he will if he gets elected for president, he will never, ever do business with any communist country, because that's not what we're supposed to be doing, supporting any communist country.
1: Uh, that's he, calls he, China. <laughs> he calls it China. He calls it China for China. Is that Spanish? Is, that, is that Spanish called China? China. No, no Not business China. with China. Yes, that's great. Well, here's a question though. China. Uh, you've no, got, China. Uh, no China. No China. Exactly. No, no in the cabinets. No China in doing business. But here's my fear though that his election is going to be stolen like Bolsonaro in, in, in Brazil,
0: yeah. uh, and they're going to have it's sabotage probably... like
1: Venezuela. You know, I mean exactly. what is he doing? I don't think Chaka like really addressed that.
3: Chile just happened in Chile, Chile you know. The election there you go. was stolen by communists.
1: Yeah. So, <clears throat> I'm
3: afraid that's say, gonna happen.
1: Yeah. You know,
3: and the Pope cannot stand him, of course. But he don't like the Pope at all and he was well, talking Pope's about the Pope and, you know, it's a big
1: Pope's a communist. It's a big thing he,
3: because he, in Argentina there's so many you know, Catholics, you know. It's you like know. a routine tradition being a Catholic uh so he was talking about the pope and uh there there were uh he was asking him about uh uh what do you think about the pope and he said he has blood kind of like blood in his hands because he's he's on the side of the castro family for years yep in maduro from venezuela for years so the that's the pope doesn't like javier the running president because he tells the truth about the pope Hmm. the pope is a left and I remember like four years ago talking about the Pope with one of the, uh, uh, doctors that stands, he was standing by me uh, at the abortion clinic and, uh, slowly but surely they were disliking this Pope like four years ago, you know, way before the pandemic. And I said, what do you think about the Pope?" He said, Yeah. he's And I said, well, yeah, because what's happening in Argentina, they're, they're communists,
0: yeah.
3: they're not in the open. But they have destroyed that beautiful country. So it's been uh, left communist for a 100 years, but not officially communist, you know. So people don't think about Argentina being communist like that. But the What Pope, about the Catholic uh, Church? Uh,
1: is, is the Catholic Church huh? basically, is the Catholic Church been infiltrated by communists? You know, communist peace, yeah. which is a contradiction. Absolutely. So, uh, so tell me about yeah. that, because that seems to be the problem. The last few popes have all been advocated, you know, climate change, global warming, social justice, you know, uh, world government. I mean, they're basically communists. We've got communist popes. And I,
3: I believe I believe the pope is even going along with the gay routine. With all that, he, he doesn't uh, say anything about it. Uh, and that's what this guy is talking about. He, he he doesn't care about abortion because he's a left. His he's, his mentality, his blood is it's well uh, like the rest of the uh, criminals, and that's what the pope is. And uh, I don't know what's gonna happen in in uh, with the pope. You know, more people are more distant than themselves from him and all that. But uh, Argentina is a gorgeous, gorgeous country. They got the best food. The best beef, I mean, uh, they eat dinner around ten, eleven o'clock at night.
0: Mm-hmm. It's
3: just, you have a siesta and everything opens up late, you know, and it's just a gorgeous. I spent about a month in Mendoza, you know, mm-hmm. in Bariloche, which is one of the uh, most popular uh, little towns where they make the best chocolate in the world.
0: Ooh. <clears throat> but, now I'm uh, interested.
3: Yeah. And uh, at the Pentagon, they do sell a lot of that chocolate from Argentina. So I was like in heaven all the time when I went to the Pentagon. <laughs> I've never seen Argentine
1: oh. chocolate. Uh, you know, we need we need like gourmet oh. food shops. Right now. I guess maybe it's, maybe it's at Everman's. I don't know, but I, I don't remember seeing Argentine chocolate.
3: Yeah. Huh. Belgian uh, Belgian chocolate. Uh, my girlfriend, when she comes from Greece, she brings me chocolate But She usually buys kind of like cheap ones. I wish she would buy yeah. the nice ones.
1: Yeah, you can get know. Belgium, but you don't get. I'd uh, uh, say the Belgian beer know, is Ukraine the best too. Has
3: good,
0: <laughs> what
3: Ukraine has good chocolate too. Huh. Ukraine, yeah, and there is a store here mm-hmm. on David's Highway. It's a Russian uh, uh, little shop, and they have everything. Everything okay, so good. Now I'm curious. Yeah, I'll send you the information. Yeah. It's very oh, Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, we, should, we should go uh, meet there. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, yeah. but um, I, cool. gonna, uh, Argentina, again, is, is, is extremely curious for me because, like I said, you've got Bolsonaro in Brazil, who I think has been arrested for, for saying that his election was stolen, much like they're doing to Trump. There's real parallels here. It's all the same thing. Uh, Chile, yeah. you know, that election was stolen. Argentina, I don't know. I hope it's not, but I, I would I would be surprised if the communists didn't try to steal it. You know, because if you yeah. if you get uh, if you get the president of El Salvador, Argentina, Chile, the you know the good one, uh, and uh, Brazil together, and they start forming their own mm-hmm. you know freedom country pack in Central and South oh, America, yes. Costa Rica would probably be involved, Panama maybe too, uh, but you get the free countries. So if you were to let's think about this, if you were to divide up Central and South America into the countries and the communist countries, how mm-hmm. uh, would, how would you do that? Or, or the corrupt countries? It doesn't have to be communist, but but the, certainly the the corrupt. Mexico. Would, I don't know if it's communist. Well, I think it might be, but it's certainly corrupt. But the free countries would be usually. Go ahead.
3: Usually Argentina or like Spain, they're like they're big shots. They don't want to associate with Central America. They think we're low class.
0: Oh really?
1: Oh uh, well, that's
3: so, interesting. Oh yeah. Prejudiced people are like bigots yeah
1: yeah
0: yeah if
3: you if you by mistake tell an argentinian person that are you from chile oh my god don't want to shut
1: your head up <laughs> are you me? a friend oh, of yeah. mine was jamaican and, and he and called him black and curious yeah 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 uh, that's they, that's they the they
3: people... go
1: ahead yeah no it's just funny that the difference is people get really upset you know i couldn't tell an argentinian accent from a chilean accent in my wildest dream i couldn't me it would sound like a spanish accent i would have no clue but they know but I can tell a, a Georgian from an Alabama accent. <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm attuned Be to home. it. So it, it, yeah, <laughs>
3: you can tell when people are from Alabama and they want to say, May I hug may I help you? They say, May I help you? May I help you? Yeah,
1: the bam, i to help you out right. here. We got the rifle in the pickup truck, you got yeah, it's red, it's your red local action radio redneck right here. What do you want? We can do it, yeah. Come Be on Come on. You know, uh, Come on. <laughs> Sing your rednecks, go ahead, Bianchi. <laughs> <Pianky. laughs> Argentina is a very, very racist society. Really? The black
4: population that used to be in in Argentina has practically all disappeared.
3: There's no blacks in Argentina. Oh, no. There
4: used to be a lot of blacks in Argentina.
1: Where'd they go? What happened? Yeah.
4: Because of uh, society pressures and policies, they practically disappeared.
1: Well, that's interesting. Yep. Now, Absolutely. what what I know about Argentina uh, was that they were, they were at war with Britain uh, in the Falklands. So the Falklands this isolated, desolate little windswept island group that nobody particularly wants. This is back in the eighties, right? Margaret Thatcher's prime minister of England, uh, and the Argentinians claimed the Falklands as their territory. They went to war over this little uh, these rocks. That's the Argentina I remember. So how has that changed, Josie? From what? First of all, why were they attacking England? what did they what was this all about and was that a different argentina was it more of a, a dictatorial militaristic society then it became a free country and then of course the communists want to take it over so so do, do you know some argentine history because i don't it'd be interesting to uh, not go a
0: into lot that a little bit. not
1: a
3: lot but but i know Argentina is like a european country totally okay. that's why okay. they don't want to associate too much with central america and they kind of get upset in a way when I'm from Nicaragua and and we use some of the words exactly the same, like what? You're using the same mm. word we use? I said, Yeah. We're Latino and you know, Spanish. Bianchi touch a point that this is great because, you know, to know. Uh my uh Sunday school teacher just got back from Argentina three days ago. He mm. was there for two weeks, uh, uh teaching seminar, uh, uh Bible Similar and uh, he was telling us you don't see any black people in Argentina at all and we were asking what happened where did they go most of the black folks that were in Argentina were run off and they went to Brazil so that's why you see a lot of blacks in Brazil because Argentina got rid of them yeah so it's very rare for a child to see a black person in Argentina and the same thing in Ukraine I was like I didn't see black people in the Ukraine at all. The only where where part I seen them was at the airport. They were passing through or, or, or traveling, but you don't see black people in, a, in Ukraine either. So kids, they kind of like same thing. Where in, are they from? Uh huh.
4: Same thing in the Dominican. Uh, the Dominican ran all the Haitians, the dark complexion Haitians out of the country. That's just, just recently. Hmm. Oh really? I
3: didn't know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's sad because we all bleed red. We all are creation of God. The division—it's uh, it's very sad how people will think like that. But I I, I almost not, I'm almost done with Javier, uh, the new president running in Argentina, Greg.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat>
3: and uh, Tucker was asking him about uh, abortion, mm-hmm. and he stands one hundred percent for life. I love the way this guy was describing and talking about life. Uh, Life begins at conception, of course, and we all know it because we're not stupid. So he's against abortion completely. And he believes that women, yes, they have a choice in life. Women can choose, but the baby's body has a DNA that is not her body. It's a different body so it, it was kind of great the way he was explaining, which I already knew that of course, being a, but that's a very common that's a,
1: what struck me as interesting is how common the things that he was saying are things that uh, you know modern conservative America first folks are saying, and yeah. that uh, you know when the and this started about a year ago when the whole the, the pro choice gang was screaming my body my choice and and was really. Really didn't have a good answer for that and, and the, the, a bunch of folks you know suddenly you know kind of came to the same conclusion well it's, it's your body is your choice for you but that's not your body you know that's the baby's body. not your body in your body that's the so, but, this DNA. Is, but this right, right. but it's new this is I mean I don't know why this argument didn't come out 50 years ago but uh, you know the body the, the baby is in your body but not of your body it's not your body so yes you have a choice over your body I came up with something similar years ago uh, what I call pro-choice times three so the, the woman who's pro-choice is really pro-choice over three people. She's pro-choice over herself, pro-choice over the life of the baby, which will end in abortion, and pro-choice over yeah. the, the, the man, whether he's going to be a father or not. So women have the choice to force a man to pay child support for a child that he would choose not to have if he were a woman, or they deny mm-hmm. a father, his baby, and abort it when he would deeply wanted to be a father. So, so there's no such thing as pro-choice. Yeah. It's pro-choice times three. But the, but the idea of, of making this a, an argument, a valid argument, it's not your body. That baby is not your body. You know, it's, it's, your uh, it's in your body. Exactly. And, but that's a, that's a very powerful argument. And what's interesting is that you look at all the arguments that uh, Javier was making, they're, they're almost identical yeah. to the arguments we're making here. Conservatives, you know, yeah. that we don't want the government everywhere. We don't want the government educating everybody. We, it's, the social problems. We don't, you know, climate change is nonsense. Uh, all the stuff that they 're talking about green energy is a total waste. I mean everything down the line it he could be trump and what 's fascinating is that uh, Bals- uh Balsari i've his name uh, and Javier I forgot his last name uh, the president of um, Javier, uh, Millet.
0: Millet. Javier
1: Millet. okay and then the president Millet. of El Salvador and the, the person that got the election solo in chile they 're all saying the same thing they 're saying exactly what Trump is saying, so the world is really splitting yeah. Into conservative yeah. or, or like nationalist, and I use that in the good sense. Nationalist, you know, your country first, Trump-style politics, or communism. The, the, there's there's really no middle ground here anymore. That you're either a world government communist stealing elections, or you're you're a Trump-like nationalist who believes in individual rights and believes in your own country. That's kind of how it's splitting up. Yeah. Right? How do you see it, Jossie? Yeah.
3: Yeah, it, you're right, exactly, uh, exactly what you're saying. Uh, we, uh, I think I think what's been happening in America, it's been spreading and poisoning the rest of the world about abortion. Because, you know, I remember when I was a young girl, you didn't hear about women aborting the baby. Yes, there were some women uh, aborting the babies with a hangover, but privately, secretly, it was a big thing. Mm -hmm. now they're being brainwashed that is that you can murder your own baby so you know what i did uh when i used to stand in the front line at the abortion clinic Mm -hmm. a woman you can see her belly like a little big at the end because they were doing six months abortion at the end and i would see women coming in yeah with a big belly and uh I would say, excuse me, ma'am, and she looked at me and said, because they, they used to bring, like, a two-, three-year-old in their hands, and usually they didn't allow the baby to go inside because they didn't want other women to hear a baby crying in the room. Right. So they would leave the baby outside in the cars or waiting under a tree with the other with aunt, uncle, or whoever came or, or or their pimps. So I would say, ma'am, can I ask you a question? They look at me and say, "Don't talk to me after this, after." But why don't you kill that two-year-old right now? And she said, "Are you crazy? Are you insane?" I said, "That's exactly what you're going to do with that baby. You're about to murder your baby inside the womb. He cannot protect himself. He cannot run. He cannot do anything." Said, "Why don't you kill the two-year-old?" And I know it sounds cruel, but that's exactly no, but what it's, she it's, was it's doing. a good she,
1: argument. She's choosing argument, who even... lives
3: and who dies right there at yeah. that moment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're absolutely That's right.
3: That's exactly what they're doing. But it's our country. They've been brainwashing all mm-hmm. these young girls. And and then it spread all over Europe and everywhere. Because I had a girl from Spain. She said, I don't care about abortion. Women have a choice. They can kill it if you want to. And I had, and I share with you a few years back, maybe five years four Uh year, whenever I was this girl from Spain young girl that she was staying with my girlfriend Marisol as a roommate Uh she allowed me to show her two videos of aborted babies and let me tell you the end of that second video she didn't even want to finish watching the second video and she totally changed her mind Uh when she seen that tiny little human being being torn apart inside with a machine that you blinded out just sucking them up and uh she changed her mind completely
0: because
1: well, she has never had, seen anything
3: like
1: that. Yeah, you know what really changed? In, the in, most incredible uh, technology is the ultrasound. Once ultrasounds yeah. came out, see, everybody was pro-choice. And you know, I was originally pro-choice. I didn't know any better. I came in a, you know, I had an ultra-feminist, socialist mother. I my my yeah. parents marched marched for abortion rights for Roe v. Wade and all that kind of stuff. So that's the environment I grew up in. Yeah. But they had me brainwashed. You know, the whole the whole it's just a yeah. group of cells. It's not a baby. It's just a few yeah. cells dividing. Well, okay, so for most people, and they do that specifically to tell you it's a lie. And that that lie was told to me so that uh, I would think that it was no big deal. Whereas most people, you know, even at a young age, and I'm, you know, young teenager at this point, um, thinking that you never want to hurt a baby, you never want to hurt a person, you, never, you know, you don't want pain, you don't want any of that stuff. So, so so, the rationalization is, well, it's only a few cells that are just dividing, so they haven't formed anything mm-hmm. that's going to be a person yet. That's the lie, and that lie was intentional. Now, ultrasounds, which is so fascinating about ultrasounds, is they blew all this out of the water. The, and yeah. all of a sudden, people are like, oh, wait a minute, that looks a lot more like a, than a group of cells to me. I, I see hands and feet and, and a head and a body. That's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so yeah. ultrasounds... That's the critical. I think that's probably the turning point uh, in, yeah, the whole, right. uh, in the whole pro-life so fight was ultrasound. Yes. Yeah, absolutely critical. Because,
0: yeah.
3: because uh-huh. the abortionists, when they're, they try to do an ultrasound and all that at the abortion clinic, and they don't want the woman that's laying in the bed to see that image of that yep. baby. For many years, they hide the ultrasound so they won't see uh, what was inside.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. it's
3: very sad.
1: Mark, Marcus but asked an interesting question.
3: To,
1: Go ahead. We'll get I, question. I
3: wanted to share uh, uh-huh. this, this government is so corrupt with the illegals coming in. So the new thing right now, which I personally know this young girl, okay, she's in Alabama. She uh, has a, uh, how old is that girl? About seven years old, I think, this girl, seven years old.
1: Uh-huh.
3: And she has a brand new baby. She's two years old. She changed her mm-hmm. mind at the abortion clinic. That's how we know her. Okay? So uh she sent me a message a couple days ago. She uh, uh, was getting help from immigration to send for her two other kids in Honduras, mm-hmm. eight-year-old and six-year-old. So the two little girls travel all the way from Honduras with a this lady and another little boy that she was coming across too she's kind of mm-hmm. like babysitting the kids so now immigration has the six-year-old and the eight-year-old and they are going back and forth but barely not talking to this girl and uh, immigration said we got the kids and all that and uh, give us your address so we can send the girls to your house
0: mm-hmm. so
3: let me tell you greg it will be a miracle if this young girl will see her children again, the six-year-old yeah. and the eight-year-old, because what immigration, our government's doing, they're trafficking the children. And she was freaking out when I told her, you might not see your girls. I don't know, why would you send two tiny little girls to travel alone, and now immigration has them in their hand. I mean, it's insane. Oh, they lose kids. It's uh,
1: the, the current figure is 85,000. It's probably a lot higher than that. They, they, they just lost the kids. You, you know, the, yeah. you should go get them privately. You know, get get the papers filled out, get immigration permission, fly down yourself or drive down or however you get there and send or, me or the hire kid. someone. Mm-hmm. Or there should be – actually, you know what, if, if, uh, if we actually – if Catholic Charities was doing the right thing, they'd be uniting families again, not bringing in illegals. But that's a whole other story. Oh,
3: no. the, the Catholic charity are a bunch of criminals. They get over $100 million a year, and what they're doing is they're bringing yep. all the illegals, and, and that's, they're trafficking illegals, and, uh, and other churches too. Yeah, that's what they're doing. So it will be a miracle for this woman to have those kids in her hand, those two little yep. girls. I and agree. She said they they said they're going to come in a few days. I said, okay, mm-hmm. uh, you need to do something quickly, I told you, if you ever want to see your kids. Because what the immigration is, uh encourage Latina women right now, that's what she told me, the immigration told her they will help you bring the kids across. Yes. So immigration is helping this woman to bring those two little girls, and now they have them in their possession. So I will let you know next week what happened because they supposed to come soon, but I don't think that's going to happen. It will be a miracle, like I said, and I've been praying for oh, those no, little agree.
1: girls. Yeah you know, because they're tiny, innocent
3: children. I mean, but uh, I, what I don't understand is this corrupt government in Texas, Republicans, mm-hmm. why doesn't he send for all those kids that they're in this Walmart, empty Walmart stores? There are five, 6,000 in each of those empty stores at the Walmart
1: in different Listen, areas I, in Texas. I, I don't know what's going on in Texas. They're housing illegals. They've got Colony Ridge, that entire city we talked about. That's all illegal aliens.
0: Yeah. You know,
1: uh, there's there's all the, you know, they didn't put the National Guard, Texas National Guard on the border uh, and just stop all the illegals right there. They could have done that. They didn't do that. You know, they've then taken some measures. uh, They're sending bus loads when they should be sending train loads of illegals to Mm -hmm. the liberal capital. You know, train loads. I mean, train uh, 10 trains a day. You could probably probably pack 10 Amtrak trains per day. Uh, of, yeah. of illegals and just dump them in uh, union station in Washington, so here you go it 's your problem. you cause this, you deal with it. I got yeah. some questions um, in, in, Mark yeah, go ahead go ahead,
3: go ahead, give me a question
1: well because Mark some interesting questions, and this is a lot of people have the same opinion now. you remember the bill that we wrote a while back because I think you had a, a hand in writing it. Um, the abortion bill that we wrote, this is before Roe v. Wade was finally corrected by the Supreme Court. It wasn't overturned, by the way, folks. Oh, it was yeah. corrected because they never could have made that. Yeah. Roe v. Wade was always an illegal decision, and the states had no business uh, honoring it. Uh, so that, let me just state that again for, for the record here. But what we wrote was a bill, uh, and I consulted a whole bunch of women, you know, being a guy not ever being pregnant, uh, on abortion. And what I came up with was an idea to split abortion into two events under law. The first event mm-hmm. is the termination of the pregnancy. So if a woman wants to terminate a pregnancy and terminate her parental rights, that's one thing. But the second part, the first part is dependent on the second part. You can only do that if you can save the life of the baby. So the first that's person, right. would, get the, so the person would get the rights if the mother decides to terminate the pregnancy, but not the baby. So this is what I've never understood about abortion, is that why is it necessary? Why is it an essential part of abortion that terminating the baby when, you're, when the real goal is terminating the pregnancy? It didn't ever make any sense to me Mm -hmm. once I started thinking. So if we say, okay, fine, we're not going to be so oppressive a government that we will deny uh, a woman a right to, to end a pregnancy, but there's a condition because we're talking about a human life here. So therefore the pregnancy can only be terminated when we can save the baby. And as medical science and technology gets better and better, that time is earlier and earlier. Well, you're burdening a woman for for a month. Okay. Well that happens. She's pregnant. All right. You know, we still -hmm. want to preserve the baby. And then if the father deny, you know, makes the choice that women can make now of not being a father. We've got extended family. We've got adoption. We've got foster care. We've got a bunch of things that are less, that are progressively, you know, worse, (laughs) but at least you're not killing the baby. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's what we, that's what we came up with. Do you remember that, that debate? Remember Karen was big on that. Karen Hoffman was invaluable in helping write that bill. Yeah.
3: It's a, it's an incredible bill because you're right. You, you don't have to kill the baby. But you know, yeah. Greg, I have seen it live right there. Mm-hmm. Like I just told you, I did it for 11 years. My mm-hmm. heart was breaking, and I had to get up at five in the morning to be there at six o'clock, and they right. were lined up already there. And uh, most women, they have that abortion, they do regret it, but it's too late after.
1: Yeah, you can't. Most Once women, it's done, it's done. Yeah.
3: It's done. It's over. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What are you
3: gonna one, do? Yeah. One girl of the women, well, I met one that uh, they didn't have time to do the abortion, so they gave her the pill. So That's,
1: no, that's you know, what's common now. The,
3: they gave her the yeah. injection, excuse me. They, oh, okay. They gave her the injection and on her way back to uh, Alabama, because a lot of people from Alabama, Mobile and mm-hmm. all the area were coming to get the abortions here in Pensacola.
0: Right.
3: Uh, she was crying and crying and crying because she had the shot in her arm already. And Dr. Lyle she called that phone number that we gave, we given a flyer all these people. She Mm -hmm. called Dr. Lyle and Dr. Lyle reversed for the first time that injection that she got to murder her baby. And the baby was born very healthy. So So it it was incredible. It was incredible. But most women do regret having an abortion. Other women they have one, two, three, four abortions. They don't care.
1: They don't care. That, that's a disconnect uh, to humanity for me. There, there's something missing in their soul if you can do that. You know, and, I, yeah. you know, and, and I'll tell you another thing, how too, can especially you kill for
0: men.
1: Your own. How can yeah. a man who's a father not be pro-life? If you've ever raised a kid, how can you, how can you ever? Uh, I mean, I understand you know, young guys being pro-choice because that's where I was because that's where I was raised with. But then as soon as you start thinking yeah. and you start becoming conscious, you go, know, wait a minute why why is this happening and then when I became a father it's yeah. like oh boy <laughs> you know now you really yeah. you know everything changes and so I don't understand uh, like I said the, the the pro-choice thing you know college you know you're crazy you're drunk things happen um, yeah. you know although you still could be responsible folks you know uh, but it's just it's an interesting mindset anyway Marco's questions are very common this is what I want to get to The is the first thing he says is what if someone has an unwanted pregnancy um, and he says, because she was raped or abused by family. So let's talk about rape and incest. This is a very a poor common thing. Okay, tell me.
3: You hear that poor excuse all the time. Oh, what happened if you got raped? Look, my sister got raped at 14 years old, and she did not know who was the father because she got raped two different times within four weeks. Mm-hmm. So she did not know my sister At that time, as a young little girl, and she didn't tell my mom. She got raped by uh, my cousin's husband. And then she got raped by a bus driver with a gun in her neck. And my sister was raped. But my sister was not about to kill that baby. You cannot punish that life with what somebody evil did to you. It's Mm -hmm. not right. If people don't think about those things like that. They say, Oh, I got raped. I don't want nothing to do with that baby. Well you give it up for adoption and let the baby live. Mhm. You know? But people are evil in their heart. They yeah. wanna murder that innocent baby. It was not the baby's fault, their mommy was raped. So my sister had that young uh that baby and let me tell you, she was our favorite nephew because he's mm-hmm. not a, he's not here anymore. He was spoiled. We barely didn't have money for anything. And we will go out of our way to love that little boy with little cookies, with little milk. We, yeah, we love him. Yeah. And he was a black baby, actually. And for us, it was different because we're not black. We're Latinas. And we love him so much to the point that uh, he, he didn't believe how much love we gave him. But yeah. he was our first nephew. And he was welcome home. And my mom was angry and upset because she was hiding it. And mm-hmm. my mom was not happy that she was raped twice, my sister. And she was poor, confused, that poor young girl. She didn't know what to tell my mom, who was the father of that baby. Uh, but
1: See, the, cannot... we've got to take you know, We've got to take the, the guilt and, and stigma away from women who are raped and get pregnant. You know, we've, we've, got, to, we've got to help these people. You know, and the idea that somehow yes. their fault or they take responsibility, no woman should ever feel responsible for being raped. That's the first thing. Um, but this exactly. idea that, you know, and it's it, it, this is and this is the crazy part. And then Marco makes a comment. I'm not picking on you, Marco, but this is what you said. He says, yeah. uh, you know, would you refuse an abortion or make the woman remember her rape, <clears throat> excuse me, remember her rape for the rest of her life? Well, what woman doesn't remember the rape for the rest of her life, whether she is pregnant or not? They
3: will never forget. Yeah. Look, I was raped at well, 14 years old. Hold ago, on, Okay. Pianchi.
1: Hold on, Piaki. Go ahead. What's again, I was again,
3: raped at 14, and I will never forget that moment, that day, when it happened, how it happened, okay? But I had to move on. Right. And in this case, some of the moms that were raped and gave life to a baby and give mm-hmm. the baby up, some of them, they kept the baby like my sister. And my mm-hmm. sister really loved the baby. She didn't blame the baby for her rape because you have to have... Love you have to have knowledge. You have to have wisdom that God gives us and you have to use them But the government is telling y'all. Oh, it's a rape. you you can have it aborted if you want And you know what that's what they tell you the doctors you have a mm-hmm. choice And as soon as they put that word you have a choice. That's it forget it. Yes, it Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I'm sorry Marco uh, but as a woman if I was raped, I was raped at fourteen, but I didn't get pregnant. Thank God, because the man that raped me, he he was already six. But I would have had the baby. Oh yes, no doubt about it. And, and and you know, I I was just a little girl, but you don't you don't. My mom was pregnant eighteen times, so I'm used to having a lot of kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's I'm number sixteen. Yeah, well, Catholics don't have birth control, so and, that's a whole other thing too. Yeah.
3: And they okay. gave me away at the age of 13 that I have knowledge, a little bit of knowledge about life, about who's my family and all that. But I was right. given away at 13. I would have loved for them to give me away when I was a little baby or a child. But my mom wanted for me to have a a, a different life. And thank God uh, that I was able to come to America. And, yeah, you've got uh, an amazing story. Like this. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. Mm-hmm.
3: And I was raped by a U.S. diplomatic that he had an office in the Capitol. Okay? yes. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. It's uh it's You need to crazy. write a book.
1: Jesse, you need to write a book someday. I Name know. Names.
3: I do. That's yeah, what Huston says. Know. We need I to know write
1: book that agent. book soon. I know a book agent. I'm connected. I'm in radio. I know everybody. Yeah. Let's get to Pianchi's point. And we've got about I, 10 minutes before uh, yes, Christina von joins Pianchi. us. So we're going to be. Uh, Pianchi?
4: Book. You know, the thing is, on that subject, how it is politically used, Jesse Jackson was the product of a rape. This is my I had opinion.
1: heard that. I'd forgotten that, but I remember hearing that. And when it comes so,
4: down to sexual uh,
1: brutality, I guess you can call it,
4: Jesse Jackson treated women worse than the stories you hear about Donald Trump grabbing a woman about a crowd. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you but know, yeah. grabbing
1: well, he just women said that. by the side. He said you could. Saying, I he like all that right there. Yeah, P. 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 Trump said you could. He didn't say he did. People, people, the, the well, it wasn't something I'm he saying. did. Yeah. He just said it was metaphorical. It was a joke. Well, let's talk about Jesse Jackson. Mm-hmm. What is his treatment? And was? then
4: you got Martin Luther King. Was in a hotel yeah. room while one was being taken, and he mm-hmm. encouraging the guy on. You don't
1: hear about uh-huh. those things. And, and Should they statues be taken down? No. Huh? No. No. You know, life is complex. You cannot you know, change the past.
3: You
1: know, let, let you know, uh, you know, I'm not proud of a couple of fraternity parties. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was, you know, I was a drunken teenager. You know, it, it, we've all done things. You know, nobody's perfect. Life is complex. But if Action Radio would go okay. for you a while ago, uh, this will, this will hopefully make up for. You know, and I didn't. You know, I don't think of anything ever. You know, but. Uh, other than being stupid. <laughs> you know. But uh, but I think everybody has 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 something in their past that you know you really shouldn't be there. It's, it's not criminal, it's not bad, it's just kinda of dumb and embarrassing. So there are, you know mm-hmm. but for the people that actually have crimes in their past, we're talking rapists and things like that, you know, that's a whole different story. Um but yeah. uh, but as far as Jesse Jackson goes, was he ever accused of rape? Or Martin Luther King?
4: No you well, I don't understand your question.
1: Well, well just, Jesse just Jackson accuser, words, was,
4: I said his mother so, Jesse Jackson's mother was really right, that right, produced. But, him. But,
1: but then you said that he abused women. That I'm just wondering how Yeah he did. Old. That's a that's no that's that's well noted.
3: So and Witness, Coulson, too. Bill Cosby was abusing women too.
4: John so, Singletary, he he abused women, the one who done
1: the movie Boys in the Hood. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's it about these liberal folks that, uh, you know, you think liberal progressives, you know, you know, women's equality, all that kind of stuff we're talking about all the way back to women's vote. We are talking with Brianna in the first hour. Where do they get this attitude from that this is okay? It's the tool okay. that works. Explain that, Pianchi.
4: It's just like when I can see 15 whites rushing toward me and I holler out, racist, and they stop. Well, if it worked I keep telling you to use it.
1: Well, no, that's true. Oh, I see. So how does abusing women work for for Jesse Jackson? what does it do for him?
4: Well, abusing them is not the not the it's what's in his inner mostness, you know, he he is not to say it's abuse, it depends on the environment that you're in. And you know, if you were sitting in an auditorium with, next next to a girl and reached over and squeezed her thigh, she probably wouldn't say that oh, If you out in public, it would be a different thing. So that's how it comes to play about.
1: Do you think it's just the corruption of power that because he's a powerful person, he can get away with it? Yes. Yeah, but that would that would probably yes. be more sense. That
4: okay. Yes. That would him. That would Harvey Weinstein. That would Oprah Winfrey. That would Bill Cosby. Yes.
1: Yeah. So all power corrupts, including sexually. <laughs> it's really interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. You huh.
3: know, you're right uh-huh. about power and control, Greg. And this well, that's is a, a little bit embarrassing, but but one of my friends uh, that I knew, he says, hey, I'm trying to get you a huge account in Miami, right? And the uh-huh. name of the the, the leader over there, Larry Hawkins, yeah. he was in a uh-huh. wheelchair, this guy. And he was uh, the coordinator to coordinate for uniform for the, the whole area, different areas in Miami for government and all that. And I was excited. Mm-hmm. And they set up an appointment for me to meet with Larry Hawkins and and over there by the airport in Miami and I was excited bring all my catalogs and all that and you know what? It was a setup for me to be raped that day by oh, him. Wow. Yes. Because he has power and control this man over there. And he's oh. in a freaking wheelchair and uh and, and, and I walk into this room and I'm like, What the heck is this? I said, This is not a meeting I said what, what is this? I said, are you the only one in the meeting? And she said, yeah, we can talk and have a seat right here. And, you know, you're kind of, like, nervous because uh, you're in a room with this guy and uh, I don't know if he's dead or not, but I <laughs> oh, it's, it's terrible what they
1: try yeah, to say. Yeah, I'm, always, I'm always cautious about, about names. If it's a police record, if there's something public, I then care. I don't care. I really don't care. Well, I do cuz I just want I to keep the care. show. The um, but uh, but in other words, unlo- it, unless it's you know it's critical or we can do that. The, that's my only caution Josie is that uh, you know it's just a, like i say a public record no so problem.
3: So he needs to be exposed. Well, that's different. Years ago.
1: Okay. 19, all right. Yeah.
3: 19, and I don't want
1: to take away from nine. what happened to you. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I'm just thinking that I don't want to. Uh, it's like when we had, you know, people yelling all kinds of things on the show. Uh, we had one uh, doctor in particular was yelling all kinds of, you know, violence and advocating murder and things, and who he, he was naming people he thought yeah. should be killed. And things like that. You can't do that on my show. Now, does that mean that they shouldn't go to well, a murder trial? and I'm not talking about and, killing you know,
3: him, but I'm talking but, about but, power who control, is. Yeah. and control.
1: Yeah. This okay. is what these
3: right. criminals do. So yeah. they sent me up for that appointment, and it was a lie. It was for him to try to get me in the bed, and I was just uh, – I i almost pushed him off the wheelchair, and I started running out that room, let me tell you, because yeah, sure you that was not what I was coming for, and yeah. uh, I, I well, should I have told cool him, him, but yeah. I didn't.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, so, I think the rule is, so you know, power why would and you go control, to a meeting by yourself?
3: Like, uh, Bianchi was yeah. just saying, it's uh-huh. power and control. These men think they have the power to manipulate women, to do whatever they want with women. And, and they get away. And they get away. All these Hollywood people, all these famous well, mm-hmm. people, you know?
4: Well, let's listen to the power is. is corrupt. The, well, yeah, the power the, is corrupt. When the news media don't tell the story. Why they land base somebody like
1: Donald Trump,
4: a Justice uh, Judge Kavanaugh, and others we've seen?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you one thing: Trump doesn't get provided money.
4: Yeah, Trump provided money for Jesse Jackson run as
1: a president for the presidency. Oh, he's he's contributed to a lot of uh, black politicians, black causes, and things. You know, Trump does. You know, they accuse him of racism because, like you say, it works. Well, here's a question. How many, it'd be an interesting thing for a justice to investigate if you're curious. How many women in politics have been accused of sexually harassing the guys that work for them? I know it's happened. Oh, they, have, the news. they have been, Because so power corrupts. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: How many, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, how many, how many uh, women in office have abused, sexually harassed, or otherwise, uh, maybe you know committed crimes against the men that work for them? Or threatened or coerced. I mean, I you know, don't know, but I, I,
3: oh, the only one I can think of is maybe Hillary. <laughs> <I don't know.
1: laughs> that, that, that's a whole, it's that's primitive. a separate case. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, here we go. So Marco says, I've seen a, a YouTube uh, video of a compilation of Trump denouncing racism. Of course he does. Trump's not a racist. Anyway, uh, do you guys He's have a question not. for, Christi- we're going to get Christine and Bob here in any second. So do you guys have a question for her that you want me to ask? Because I'm going I'm to, and I'll probably talk to myself just because she only has like 30 minutes and has so much to no. get. what okay. What is she going
3: to talk about?
1: Well, the main, of course, she has a book, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, but the other thing is that uh, the big issue is that uh, California is trying to kick Trump off the ballot. Um, and so okay. we're going to talk about that a little bit. In fact, I believe that's her right now. yeah It's funny. Okay. I, I talk about people and then they show up. It's, it's a really great system we have here at Action Radio. So let me just do a quick check here, and where uh, is my? I'm gonna
3: check. I'm gonna go earn my living.
1: Okay. Sounds so good.
3: This is uh, Josie Cossey reporting for Action Radio, and please continue supporting us. Uh, Ten fifteen dollars a month, it would help the station to continue being online.
1: Yeah, my subscription God articles, bless you guys. Yeah, you there know, we go. See you next week. Thanks, Josie. Ciao. All right. So yeah, right on time as, as for her third appearance, let's get our guest of the day, Christina Bob. So again, this is a real privilege uh, to have Christina on again. Uh, she's the author of Stealing Your Vote, the inside story of the 2020 election uh, and what it means for 2024. So that's going to be my first question. Uh, Trump attorney uh, with Save America PAC, investigative reporter. Uh, as a former television host with One American News, uh, also a legal career with the Marine Corps, uh, defense counsel representing Marines and sailors in court martial and other uh, hearings like that. So let's bring her back on one of my favorite folks, Christina Bob.
5: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, we've been – oh, I've, I love having you on. Um, We've been just having an incredible show today. We have, our, we have uh, probably one of the few teenage reporters who does a government inquiry report, uh, Brianna Cannon, the first hour. We just had uh, Josie Cosi with the Latina Report. So I'm, I'm like two hours of adrenaline. <laughs> so if I start talking fast, that's nice. probably why. Uh, but it's, it's really cool. So if you get a chance to listen to the podcast, that would be, uh, that would be great. So let's get to the book. Let's talk cool. about what's happening. And uh, the steal has already begun, it seems to me. What's going on? Yeah,
5: they're doing it a little bit differently this time around. Yeah. They're adding a layer to it with all of these okay. indictments. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I think we've got a lot of really great Americans working really hard to clean up this election. Uh, A lot of it's going well. Um, I don't think we've done enough yet, but we certainly have made progress. Um, but we, we need everybody involved. I mean, that's the bottom line. Everybody's got to get involved. So I think if we do have enough people uh, get involved at their precinct level and their county level, I mean, the most important place to get involved is at the county level. Um, if we have enough people to do that, I fully expect Donald Trump to be back in the White House.
1: Well, I expect him to be back, and uh, I can't imagine him not being back because the alternative is too horrible to think about. <clears throat> but it's a possibility. Right. You know, I mean, the, the progressives—they want this. They, you know, they want our nation destroyed under some kind of world government, communist, you know, Marxist uh, dictatorship, which is really scary. I don't think people realize how dangerous. And, and people, I, I think a lot of folks are thinking, yeah, it's four years. We we can tolerate, you know, an illegal administration. We know the election was stolen. You know, it's it's bad, but it's not recover. It's not unrecoverable. And I think a lot of people are sort of. Thinking Thinking that, but you got to be positive, though. You actually have to take proactive action, like you're saying, and help make sure the election isn't stolen, right?
5: Yeah, that's exactly right. And Know what's going on. Okay. And it's not just so much the actual election day operations or, you know, the actual operations of the election, but it's holding your elected officials accountable at the county level. I mean, a lot of people don't even know who their county officials are, you know, and they're the ones that are responsible for administering the election and determining, you know, how, how they're going to interpret the laws and how they – actually execute on the election. So uh, get involved. Know who your county clerks and recorders and commissioners, know who all of them are, know what they're doing, you know, email their office, call their office, ask the right questions, and uh, get involved.
1: Is there any kind of a guide or, or part of the campaign that, that does that has like a place where people can reach out and have like that list of activities that people can do? Because the Republicans aren't really so big campaign- on that. the campaign... Yeah, yeah the that. campaign no, doesn't the do
5: that, but um, Mike Lindell has actually put together a really great network. Like, If you're just like, how do I get involved in my local area? It's called right. causeofamerica.org, cause, okay. C-A-U-S-E, causeofamerica.org. And the, that, that organization in and of itself doesn't do the work nationwide, but they just connect people who are doing the work. So if you reach out to them and, and go on their website and you know put in your... City or whatever zip code you live in, or whatever, they'll connect you to someone in your area that's actually doing that, and you can join join in that way.
1: Yeah, we're pretty good here about monitoring the election. There's a lot of folks involved with precinct watching uh, and, yeah, and, and county ballots and things like that. But here's 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 a problem I have. Like I wrote a, a bill with um, with a person or one of our election advocates, and it does all the things that Mike Lindell is talking about: only paper ballots, hand counted. 1,000-person uh, precincts, uh, and my addition was that uh, all voter registrations expire uh, every December 31st at midnight, so you start fresh every year. That automatically cleans the voter rolls. We get no support from our Republicans. Our state representatives have not sponsored it. We're going to try for a second time this time. So one of our biggest mm-hmm. enemies is the Republican Party. They're not, they're not yeah. taking election fraud seriously, and they're not helping us. And We've got a perfect bill. I think i sent it to you already. Um, that would be great for Florida. It could be implemented anywhere in the country. I'm trying to get it to the Trump campaign, but it's our election integrity bill. So we've, we've done the work. Mike Lindell has done the work, but the Republican Party itself is not following through getting these bills into law. So now what do we do?
5: Yeah, well, I mean, we have to play with the hand we've been dealt, right? Okay. And so all we're right. going to have to play on, on a, a field that not all of us like or think is the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, and that just means we need more of us doing it. And then, uh, you know, as we pr- – we are moving in the right direction. You know, the big question right now is have mm-hmm. we moved enough in the right direction to secure 2024? Because I'm confident if 2024 is secure enough for Donald Trump to win, and mm-hmm. he's got a massive lead now and it's only going to grow, uh,
0: yeah.
5: if, if his lead if, – if the election is secure enough that he can win with his lead, we'll clean it up the rest of the way. Like it's not going to be a perfect election in 2024. There's not going to be zero fraud or zero irregularities right. in 2024. We just need it to be clean enough, and we can do that at the county level by having people involved.
1: That makes sense. I just wish we had more support from the Republican Party itself, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, but
5: we have a we have an entire generation of Republicans in office with few exceptions that have gotten into office and have risen in their careers by not objecting to anything so yeah. why would they start now, you know? So <laughs> they've a been point. the very passive party that has just gone along to make sure Democrats don't give them too hard of a time. They're not fighters. They've never, they haven't fought anything in 40 years. So, and even the young ones, the ones that are like under 40 in their thirties or maybe even in their twenties, they came in as a very placid, impotent Republican party. So now we're seeing this MAGA movement where you've got a bunch of fighters that are starting to actually take some local and state offices and um, as well as some members of Congress, you know, that are relatively young. Uh, and we're starting to, to see that re- regeneration. We just haven't seen it completely yet.
1: Now, that's a really good point. And I, I was not as aware of that. I mean, uh, around here we call the GOP the gilding old party, which is similar to what you're talking yeah. about. <laughs> you can use that, by the way. Feel free. They're just not, you know, it's almost like uh, Donald Trump has to run against the Democrats and the Republicans. He and is. I really wish they he would. He is running you know, against you know, those parties. Okay. Huh. Well, it's like the debate that's coming up, you know, and I call them the, the mm-hmm. Goobers, the GOP Goobers, because I got tired of saying globalist deep staters. It was too long. So I just call them the Goobers. Right. Trump can use that too. Uh, wh- why are they running? Why? He's already won the primaries, obviously. You know, the the is going to be- They're all be... on
5: him getting indicted and removed from the race, <sighs> every single one of them. They are all hoping he gets taken out so that they have a shot.
1: Are they so egotistical- yes. Okay, well that was easy. Okay, bye. Uh, I, yes. I just thought this isn't my list of questions, but I, I, so let's, let's state this first, so people understand what I'm talking about. Are they so egotistical that they value that that their own? They would rather be president and lose the country than have Donald Trump be president and save the country.
5: Yes, they are. They're selfish and greedy, and arrogant.
1: Can you like talk They've, about that in public? Like Donald a Trump lot. I don't think people out. realize. I don't think people realize that.
5: That's the only, why else, to your question, why else would they still be in the race? They're hoping, and that's why that's, they're silently partnering with Jack Smith. That's why Jack Smith is jamming these trial dates way early because they want to give someone else a shot at the primary.
1: Right. So, and they're all waiting followed...
5: to hopefully come in second.
1: Have you followed the money? Is there is there a connection between Jack Smith and the Republican candidates that you can point? Oh, out? Oh, I don't
5: think so. I mean, I don't know, but I would be shocked if he were that blatant about it. But well, no, I just want not to speculate. It's power.
1: It's power. Okay.
5: So, power. Well, in other they words, they the they enemy of my now. enemy,
1: the enemy of my enemy is my yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. so I don't
5: <sighs> think I don't think they're like directly cord Don't get me wrong. I don't think Ron DeSantis is like coordinating with Jack Smith. I don't believe that at all. I just right. think. Ron DeSantis wants Jack Smith to succeed. That's my only point. And, yeah, and that all makes of sense. Them. I think all of them want Jack Smith to succeed.
1: Uh, see, that needs to be pointed yeah. out. I mean, I'd love to hear Donald Trump say that maybe more often just because, you know, you, you really, uh, people don't. Get the, the subtleties that we talk about here. We're talking about some pretty, you know, detailed stuff, and I think a lot of people can miss that. But if you just make it that clear that the the, the, the goobers—I I would just call them the goobers—you know—that they really <laughs> they're they're more interested in themselves and their on their own personal power than they are you know, in the country, and that's really too bad. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's uh, I think there's a bit of a missed opportunity. Remember when we talked last time about uh, Trump and uh, Robert Kennedy having a little sit-down discussion? Oh um, yeah. <laughs> I think we got scooped a bit because DeSantis is sitting down with uh, Newsom.
5: You know, DeSantis and Newsom are both gross,
1: Does that makes sense.
5: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. All right. Well,
5: DeSantis is grasping at straws. He ran as the MAGA candidate and realized uh-huh. MAGA's not with him. And so right. now he's trying to run as a more centrist candidate and realizes that there is no center left. And he's hoping to get some type of credibility by sitting down with Newsom no DeSantis's career is over like over he's not going to be a senator he's not going to yeah. be anything else like he will never hold public office again he destroyed his career by trying to take on Donald Trump
1: we and the, uh, that too. what's really
5: stupid about it I, even, we don't
1: understand why he did it he's yeah. young
5: he's like 44 45 something like that he could have waited uh-huh. four more years but
1: well that's what we all thought do you know, that's, well, that's what he did, should have done. Anybody people... with
5: half a brain cell would tell right. him to wait, but he was greedy.
1: So is that like a personality flaw, or do you think somebody got to, or the the deep state got to him with the money and the, the ego oh, strokes, yeah, and okay. said, you said you can be president? By
5: all the Bushies, all okay. the Bush people, all the Bush Republicans backed mm-hmm. him, and were like, you can you can take down Donald Trump, and you can be the star. He looked at Donald Trump. Fame and status, and said, "I can do that." Which <laughs> to me is like, interesting. How, how can you do? Or, that? Or nobody, nobody yeah. else on the planet can do what Donald yeah. Trump is doing. How do you think you could do it? But he honestly thought he could. He obviously couldn't, and now mm-hmm. his career over.
1: Wow. Speaking of the Bushes, um, Ken Paxton, I don't know this is my questions. This is what usually happens. I yeah, think of no, things great. really spontaneously. He'd be a great Attorney General for the country. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
5: but, I mean, who knows?
1: OK. Uh, any reaction to what's happened in, in Texas and that we thought was a, a Republican Oh, I love state?
5: it. I, I think it's great okay. that he won that impeachment. I think it's ridiculous that Republicans went after yeah. another Republican. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rep- <laughs> I say that and then I'm like, we need to go after the dirty Republicans. So I guess that's the that's the fight we're fighting at the moment. But um, yeah. I thought it was a really good sign that he won. So, and it, it was completely unfounded. They didn't have any evidence for mm-hmm. for the impeachment. So, um, no, I thought it was a really good victory. I'm very pleased about that.
1: Wonderful. Um, I've got a, a couple more questions. If you have something you want to bring up, just feel free to let me know because no, I always I'm, have I'm way more questions. Okay, good. Um, I sent you a bill. Uh, we have a bill, which I'd love to get to Donald Trump, uh, and it's on uh, the Investigation Compliance, Cost Payment, and Government Liability Act. It's kind of a complex title. But what it does is it gives innocent people a chance to fight back against an investigation. So I have something called a defense equity payment. So however much the Mm -hmm. government has spent investigating somebody, they have to pay that to the person being investigated so they can defend themselves because you're innocent until proven guilty. But an investigation, as we all know, from Roger Stone to uh, uh, Paul Manafort to Donald Trump, to all these people are being investigated. Mm -hmm. The investigation itself is dangerous. Uh, And then there's the compliance costs, the lawyers, the consultants, uh, the paperwork, all the Mm -hmm. things you have to do to comply with that. Plus the lost revenue, the lost customer goodwill, all those are losses. And we're talking about people who have not been proven guilty of anything. It's like when asset foreclosure used to seal stuff and you had to prove you're innocent to get it back. So this bill, which I really hope that uh, Donald Trump can see and uh, and folks can take a look at. Uh, I sent it to my congressman, Matt Gates, and I wish he were more active on this. But this would give people the ability to fight back and the money to fight back so that Rudy Giuliani, for example, would not need a legal defense fund. He'd have the same amount of money to fight the government as the government is spending investigating him. I don't know if you got a chance to read that, but as a concept, what do you think?
5: Um, well, I'm a big fan of justice, right, and making sure that justice is done and certainly innocent people being bankrupt because of lawfare is not justice. So I agree with that premise of it. Um, and we already have a situation in place where, you know, if you're indigent, you know, if you can't afford an attorney, one will be appointed for you, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we have that in place for people
1: who can't afford
5: it. Right. What you're seeing, and I think what you're trying to get to is people who can afford it, but shouldn't have to afford it.
1: Right. Or even can't afford it. I mean, why? Why should Donald Trump have to spend one hundred million dollars uh, on defending absolutely bogus charges? Well,
5: know, why, he, he can afford it, but he shouldn't have to
1: afford it. Right. right? So, well, yeah, I know uh, he can afford that, but there's a lot of small businesses with that gun store up in Wyoming that the ATF was mm-hmm. walking in with ATF letters on the back of their shirt, scaring off all the customers. Right. So what I'm going after well, is I mean, people. I don't, I don't know the ins and you know.
5: outs of how they're going to be defending that, but certainly mm-hmm. he would be provided with an attorney that would be no cost to him. And then that attorney would have the right to investigate as a government. That, that's what the federal defenders or the the public right. defenders are, depending on where you're at. So yeah. what jurisdiction it is. So so there, that's kind of already in place. Mm. Um, it's just not to the... Not to the dollar amount that you're talking about. I do think I do think justice will be done, and I don't, I don't know how the money will come back. But you know, the the way to fight this is with civil lawsuits. Like once all of these people are exonerated, they can then file civil suits against you know individuals or governments. Or, so there is there is some form of redress available. It's probably not as clean and crisp as you or I would like, but um, I agree with the premise and I agree with the idea. It's it's a little bit more complicated because we, we do have some of that already in place.
1: Well, yeah, and this is why these bills are always open to amendment, and uh, you know correction yeah, and the course. legislature's going to do that anyway, so that's not a problem. But the basic idea is that you shouldn't be a victim before a conviction, and so yeah. you can sue afterwards and you can do all these things. But why should the government have unlimited taxpayer money to investigate and basically destroy a business, destroy a family, destroy yeah, somebody's well, reputation? I mean,
5: Con- yeah, go ahead. You know, you're exactly right. But I mean, on that issue, Congress needs to hold DOJ accountable. I mean, this whole mm-hmm. unlimited purse to go after Donald Trump is, it's an abuse of power, It's an abuse of government resources. And Congress, mm-hmm. they're, they're stepping up now, but they're a little late to the game, right? So mm-hmm. they should have stopped the funding on this six years
1: you- ago. Yeah, yeah has, have, uh, uh, you know, the Republicans and the Trump campaign getting together, have you talked to the folks on this, on all the things that they're not doing? You know, the, the Republicans have not held a, a select committee on the stolen 2020 election. They have not defunded the DOJ. They have not defunded, you know, Catholic charities for putting illegal over our country. They're really not in the game fighting. Uh, they're letting the, the, the Brandon coup basically run over everything. They're, they could stop this. And they don't. They complain. Yeah. I call it raising complaining to an art form. So, again, I think one of our biggest problems is the Democrats are a Marxist totalitarian party. It's the most dangerous entity in the country today. Mm-hmm. And the Republicans are the weakest letting it happen. And, it's re- and I think yeah, that's no, what's I frustrating. That's right. yeah, it is it's very frustrating. frustrating.
5: That's, why, that's yeah. why people need to get involved. You know, get involved okay. to secure the election. Contact your members of Congress. Contact your state house, your state Senate. Mm-hmm. Get involved and make sure they know how you want them voting and what actions you want them taking because it's easy to sit back and and i I agree with you i completely agree with your your premise but it's it's easy for the american people to sit back and watch the news and go oh they're not doing it they're not doing it but Mm -hmm. we're at a point now this is an all hands on deck moment every single person needs to contact their congressman they need to contact their state house and senate they need to be contacting their elected elected officials on every topic that concerns you that you're you're worried about or you're upset about things not being done And you need to tell them how to vote and tell them what you expect and do it every single time. I mean, we need everybody doing that because without that, they're just going to go, oh, no one's watching. No one's paying attention. I'm going to do whatever I want.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this is where I wish I could uh, connect with the Trump campaign, because not only can people call and tell tell what they want, they can actually supply the bills to them. You know, we have a bill, a constitutional amendment to uh, take away the power of Congress to borrow money. That would solve so many of our problems and bring this country unparalleled prosperity. It would get rid of the Fed. It would get rid of central banks. It would get rid of the printing mm-hmm. of money causing inflation. Uh, it would pay down the national debt about 30 years as the Treasury bills and notes come due. You know, and that's a really simple thing. I think the American people would embrace it. And I, I don't know how to encourage Trump campaign more. First of all, I'd love to meet him. You know, I'd love to sit down with Donald Trump and say, here are the bills we have. Here's our citizen legislation. What do you think? Could you mm-hmm. include this in the campaign? So there's, there's my shameless plug for, for Action Radio. Uh, to, <laughs> well, to be I don't control potential
5: or his access. Oh, so I know. He, I'm no. sorry. I can't help you with that. But, Just pass um, it
1: along. Somehow the wet message I, might I'm get through.
5: I yeah. there's so much to clean up in our government. I'm sure Donald right. Trump is going to clean up a lot of it when he gets back in uh-huh. office. But it's going to take a few cycles, I think, for, for all of this stuff to get cleaned up. But it will. I'm, I'm sure that it will.
1: Yeah. He says something interesting. Peter Navarro said this, too. And I think it's in his book um, about sending the illegals back. Because everybody talks about sealing the border. Yeah. That, that's, this, that's step one. That's, that's day one. We seal the border. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now what? So you've got 10 to 15 million illegals that Brandon's bringing in. You've got 30 to 50 yeah. million already here. This is destroying our country. Uh, you know mm-hmm. the barbarians at the gate destroyed Rome, and I was reading about that recently. So, of what you can tell us of the plan, uh, and I have a plan myself through asset forfeiture and local law enforcement to, to have these make life impossible for a legal system here. But what, what what are you guys planning to to do that you can tell us now? The same
5: thing he did um, last time he was on office. He closed the okay. border. He had the Remain in Mexico plan. He had right. um, Everybody returned to their country within two hours. Round them up, send them back. That's, I How mean he people did it that? last time, he'll do it again.
1: Yeah, but the, all these folks that are they're integrating into our into into America with you well, know so dates you to ice. appear in seven years. Okay.
5: Yeah, sure, but that's what ICE is for. And ICE ICE can do their job. I mean ICE has been completely neutered under the Biden administration. So he he would just basically reinstate ICE to their rightful statutory authorities and allow them to go round these people up and send them out.
1: Okay. You, you've got, here's another thing, uh, you know, federal government policy about detailing people from one department to another. There's 287,000 right. armed, armed bureaucrats. Uh, I learned that from uh, Open mm-hmm. the Books. And uh, I, I was saying that, why don't you just put them all in ice for for a few years? You know, there's no reason right. for the IRS, the, there's no reason for IRS to have 87,000, you know, IRS agents, but you could do that. You could detail all those bureaucrats. That's larger than the Marines. What, the Marines have what, like 185,000 combat troops and yeah, we have 287,000 bureaucrats in an, in an army yeah so why don't you send them all over to ice yeah. send them to the border patrol
5: yeah i mean they wouldn't be operational so you know they well, I mean, well I, I mean, I I agree. i'm just speculating I mean, with
1: ideas yeah but wouldn't it be interesting yeah no
5: i think it i mean it's a it's a funny idea um
1: most of my ideas are y- that's what makes them cool yeah
5: <laughs> no i think or, i think it's good i mean staffing up okay. ice getting rid of you know the more irs agents, yeah i think i think that's probably yeah, a good move thing. them over
1: Move them over. Move yeah, over to the EPA on. SWAT team, the Department of Education SWAT team, NOAA. I mean, what do the weather people need a SWAT team? Are they afraid of a terrorist attack or a bad forecast? Put them all in. Uh, put them all on ice. You know, here's another one, too. The ITIN number, uh, the uh, Individual Tax Identification Number, was set up by uh, uh, Bill Clinton to allow illegal aliens to work here and hopefully buy way into citizenship. Most of the people on that list are illegal aliens. You can do asset forfeiture. You could use the computer list. You wouldn't have to round up anybody. Just take their stuff.
5: Yeah. I'm
1: sure. I'm, I, I'm
5: sure that's a tool I use. Is. Okay. Like to try to. Right.
1: Like yeah. See, I don't know how much you can tell me. That's the problem, because you know, I, I'll just ask. I don't the know. Me. I
5: mean, I don't <laughs> work for right, so I, I don't know okay. the procedures right. or anything. Well, but.
1: let's 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 go into the legal world then. Fourteenth Amendment prohibits uh, people who are not subject to our jurisdiction from getting citizenship, which means illegal aliens, foreign nationals, birth tourism, people that are born on U.S. dirt, uh, unless they're American. One of them's an American parent. The Fourteenth Amendment is really clear. Those people are not citizens. And yet we have this illegal birthright citizenship policy, which we've had for decades, where hospitals are putting U.S. citizen on birth certificates that they have no right to do. So I know Donald Trump wants to end the birthright citizenship program, but can Mm -hmm. we go back and correct, you know, the citizenship of. uh, Once you bestowed
5: citizenship on someone, you can't just take it away. Sure you can. No, because they're not citizens of any other country. I mean, okay, what are they? Where are you going to put them? You know, so
1: that so that's where the question gets interesting. But as a person who's an immigrant, you know, as a, I was born in Canada, and I can have my citizenship taken away rather easily if I work for a foreign government, if I serve in a foreign military. Right. If you but work like, for a
5: foreign government, you have to have <clears> rights in that foreign government. Like Canada can't just say, you know what, you're no longer Canadian. Go find a new country. And try to kick you out because where would you, you? You then literally have no right to enter any country on the planet.
1: Huh. Good point. That's why I asked you. You have
5: questions. to have a home country.
0: Yeah.
1: So how do we how do we stop this then? Do you just stop issuing?
5: You stop
0: an, it. Yeah. You just okay, stop it. All
1: right. Yeah. We can't go back and trace them, huh? How about like the birth, we the, do the, not, the, no. the 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 Brits? You know, see, see, this is where now and I, the, the closest thing I thought was is just yeah people they get some kind of a special permanent resident status, but they can't be citizens. They can't vote. And so you've got to, so you have to discourage people coming here illegally and having kids on, on yeah. U S soil just for citizenship. Unless yeah, no, you take I agree. away and that I citizenship.
5: Gates is championing that. That's a, that's something that he's trying to
1: okay. get through.
5: But hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we should stop it.
1: Yeah. We can't go back further. That's too bad. I had another idea for you too. The, um, as you're, uh, going after the, the Brandon insurrection uh, and taking all the money, the, brand, the, the you know, Biden's crime family. Uh, it'd be interesting if Donald mm-hmm. Trump would talk about taking all the money from the, when that's asset forfeited and giving it to the January 6th political prisoners.
5: Oh, that would be interesting. interesting. Yeah. That would be very
1: interesting. It's a good idea. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I'll send all this stuff to you or just get in the podcast if you if need to, to recap. Um, the United okay. Auto Workers strike, I find interesting because proves that the Biden economy totally sucks. And these are right. Democrat union members. So, how is Donald Trump going to work with that? Do you think?
5: Well, he's going to speak there tomorrow. So he's going to okay. tell us all tomorrow in his speech. I'm excited to hear him do okay. that. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know his policies on labor. I'm not one of his labor advisors. But I, I know that he has one, and uh-huh. I know that his. Policies on issues like this worked very, very well under his presidency. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll, hear, we'll find out tomorrow what he's got to say about it.
1: Interesting. Okay. Um, anything we haven't covered? Do we need more details? I do so. You went through a lot, front? man. You got a lot. I, yeah, of I do, well, you give me great answers. I mean, you know, I, I figure I have <laughs> enough stuff for like an hour or two, and all of a sudden we go through it. The only, I'm trying to think of anything else that I had here. Um, well, here's one that's interesting. Uh, Robert Francis Kennedy talks about the three companies that run everything: State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock. Uh, funding mm-hmm. the Ukraine war, you know, causing all, buying up all the farmland, buying up all the single family homes. This is to me, you know, the infrastructure problems are some of the biggest ones. It's not uh, a big sexy issue like like Ukraine, where you can watch bombs drop and go off, and it's horrible. what's happening, but I'm just saying, it, it, it visually it attracts people. They don't see single family right. homes bought up. They don't see all the farmland disappearing or Bill Gates taking it over. Do you, do, have you guys gotten a, a plan? to, to preserve maybe the single family home. And I don't know how you do this in a free market society. And it's, it's kind of an interesting question, but right. I don't want these companies buying up everything and, and creating rental homes out of all the single family homes out there.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a interesting question. Something that certainly needs to be tackled. I don't know okay. the president's position on that specifically mm. at the moment, but um, yeah. It's, and I mean, there's national security concerns about it. And mm-hmm. as far as, you know, China buying up farmland and, and, that we already have a in in theory we have a program in place CFIUS, it's countering investments uh, foreign investments in the US or something like that right um and they're obviously not doing their job because they're allowing these purchases to take place so as far as the foreign investments we already have a, a way in place mm-hmm. to stop that we're just not doing it so the easy answer is just start doing it um yeah. and then as far as Americans doing it, you know, I'm, I'm that's a, a little bit of a trickier question, but certainly something that could be answered down the road.
1: Yeah, interesting to look at. Um, I still want to get uh, Donald Trump and, and Robert Kennedy together. I think that would be a fascinating discussion yeah. and I think they could work together in many ways uh, that would be beneficial yeah. and maybe we can get away from the parties and start dealing with individuals. Non-deep state you know, individuals would, uh, would would be huge. Um, I think the last thing I just want to leave you with, because I don't know really you have to go soon, is is if uh, the campaign can start painting a picture of, of how it was. You know, remember Ronald Reagan's Good Morning in America ad or Morning in America? Right. He painted this incredible picture. Everybody was so optimistic and positive. I think we need that again. It's not enough to criticize what's bad. You really need to show people what's good. You know, talk about mm-hmm. the $1. eighty-seven gas. Talk about when we were proud to be Americans, when we felt free. Actually, I'm going to have a little fun with you. Let me get my, uh, let me get my America... The, here we go. This, you're going to love this. So just as Donald Trump has declining in America at the end of his campaign <laughs> right. speeches, right? I, let's, right. Let's, let's reverse that. So, so let's, uh, let's talk about the positive, like I was saying. You know, it is morning in America. We can reclaim our country. We can be great again. You know, and there's no reason why we can't. We don't have to fight foreign wars to be great. You know, we, we don't have to give our country to China. We don't need electric cars. Boy, this is really fun. You want to get into this? Um, What do you think? Okay, fine. But this is what we need to do. Paint that picture that, you know, 2017, 2018, before COVID, life in this country was amazing. We felt great. You know, we were rocking and rolling, and and the country was booming. And I really wish, now let's, let's, uh, the positive is just as important as the negative. We know what the problems are. There we go.
5: Yeah, no, I think that's that great. I, I'm all about positive messaging. I think that's true. Okay. Yeah.
1: Anything you want to leave us with?
5: Uh, please get involved. If you can, check out my book, Stealing Your Vote, The Inside Story of the 2020 Election, and what it means for 2024. And um, please just get involved and be part of the solution because we need everybody.
1: Sounds good. Do you have to go now or do you got more time?
5: I, I do. I've got another call.
1: Okay, sounds good. Christina, thank you so much again. I really appreciate all the information, and uh, have thank fun you. with all of those I ideas. All right. Yeah, you take great care.
5: work. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.
1: Thank you very much. Bye now. Oh, boy. I, I love these, these. you know, I actually got through um, just about all my questions, which is very unusual. Take a quick break. We've got the rest of the show, all half hour of it. I'll get another call on the line. I'll be checking in and see what's going on there. Let me give you the contact information, and I'm going like, to decompress. This has been an amazingly intense show. Uh, all the way through. So let me just uh, get our contact and we'll be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page, available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups, Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Oh, okay. Well, my caller was actually one of our callers who only listens, and now he's dropped off, so that's okay. So just uh, Pianchi and me. Wow. <laughs> that was a pretty intense half hour. I mean, I, I really did uh, run out of questions, so I kind of felt silly asking for more time. I said, do you have more time? I knew she didn't, but it's like, you know, pretty intense. Do you have any questions on all that? Pianchi, what do you think? Well, Santos political career is not over. Well, you want the
4: Floridians, like I mentioned in the chat room, Floridians don't want to get uh, rid of not paying state income taxes uh, uh, your gun rights, your education models, bringing in bias and CRT history. So he'll be around.
1: So you want another
4: guy that ran against uh, them that ended up being a homosexual?
1: Yeah, ones. and had a crack addict, and he was naked in a hotel room and all the other well, – like Andrew Gillum. Was it Andrew Gillum? I think that's who it was. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and But what I was interested with uh, – actually, I'll go back a little bit further. We had a guy, Adam Putnam, uh, who was the agricultural secretary in, in Florida. They also have control of the uh, concealed carry permits. Uh, he was, I guess, the, the establishment Republican candidate. I didn't see anything particularly horrible about him so to me, it wasn't a big deal. DeSantis, I didn't see anything particularly good at the time. So I'm not sure why Trump endorsed DeSantis, but that changed the political fortunes of Florida by that endorsement, because that's when DeSantis kind of rose up and and beat Adam Putnam in the primary. And after that, you know, it was a matter of uh, beating uh, Andrew Gillum uh, in the the general election. But as far as I don't have much criticism of being a governor of Florida, except when he had the lockdowns early in COVID. He never should have done that. That was illegal. That was unconstitutional. So he should have known better. Especially being a lawyer and being a, a JAG officer, you know, a judge adjutant general. So he was he was a lawyer in the military, uh, just as Christina Bob was. You know, so they know these things. Uh, so I don't understand, especially swearing an oath to support and defend the Constitution. He could have tolerated or even insisted upon uh, mandates that were completely illegal. So that's the, that's the only flaw I have with him. Other than that, I don't have a you know any big problem with anything he's done. Most of what he's done has been pretty good. Disney, I don't know. I don't have a real I don't have a lot in that 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 fight. Um, so I don't really care so much. But I I tend to agree with you that I think his uh if he stays in Florida, you know, he could easily, you know, get a second term. I think his mistake was running for president. I didn't think he'd do it. Remember we talked about that? You he, he said he's not that well, stupid. He, <laughs> he probably is that water
4: stupid in the the experience, you think?
1: Um, if you're doing it just for the experience, yet yeah, now I don't I don't fault people for running just for the experience. I don't fault people for running like Pat Buchanan knew he wasn't going to be president, but he changed the debate. He brought things into the debate that weren't talking that people weren't talking about. He shifted the debate to the more conservative side. So in that respect, if you want for president, anybody can run for president, right? As long as you've got the money and the backing and all that kind of stuff, you know, to be able to do it. But if you're running for president just to raise issues, I don't have a problem with that. That you – know, because a lot of those issues need to be raised, and sometimes running for president is the only way to get enough attention to raise those issues. So that makes sense to me. But I don't think uh... – So
4: no one uh, – people can see the action, but they don't know what the cause is behind the action.
1: For instance, what are you talking about?
4: Well, you've seen that he ran, but you don't know why he – He's putting his name in it. He may not have no intention whatsoever. Does he have enough money to do it? Does he have enough support?
1: I don't think so. Yeah, well, I don't think, yeah. you know, well, I think his presidential, his 2024 presidential run is over. I don't think his political career is over because I don't know what else he would do. You know, is he going to go be a lawyer in an Look office Car- somewhere? I don't think so.
4: Look at Cornell West. He know damn well he's not going to be president. If yes, he does, good gracious, I'm leaving
1: <laughs> well I don't know much about his campaign. What are besides being a, a liberal, what are what are his major issues? What is what does he want to do?
4: He a, he's a liberal.
1: A okay. Socialist liberal. Yeah. So is he like uh Bianca calling for uh Bianca Krieg von Krieg, our reporter on Wednesdays, our progressive socialist who calls for a universal guaranteed income, which I'm completely against. But I am for putting yeah, money in people's be. pockets. Yeah. You before that? Yes, he would be for that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So guaranteed, you know, free health care that everybody has to pay for, that kind of stuff?
4: Yeah. You know, there's there's a mentality that just because you're born that you should be entitled rather than achieving. That's why I come, you have such a disdain with people that's rich. Yeah. I have no problem with people that's rich, wealthy, if well, mm-hmm. they gained it legally. Mm -hmm. And I think when they die and want to leave it to you, it shouldn't be taxed if it came out. It's already been taxed.
1: Yeah, money should only be taxed once. That'd be an interesting bill. I've sort of been tossing that idea around that you can't tax money more than once. So you either have only an income tax or only a sales tax, but you don't have both. And you don't have a capital gains tax because that money was – people got the money somehow either through inheritance or through work or through um, something else or from previous investing. So I don't believe in a capital gains tax. So you get rid of capital gains, get rid of income tax, just tax uh, consumption. You know, in other words, sales taxes. You know, you yeah, can graduate capital that.
4: gains tax is really unfair because yeah. someone can, for instance, on the stock market, they can go on the stock market and make, you know, unusual amounts. But it took a long time to obtain those type of skills. You just don't wake up one more unless it's just pot luck. But yeah, you no, just exactly. don't wake up one morning and they didn't no. do that. Because about ninety percent of the people that try some of those uh, uh some of those ventures, some of those models, they fail.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've got um Mark on the line here talking about you oh, are talking about uh we were talking about farmland. Well, I think that was an interesting question with BlackRock and uh State Street and Vanguard. Uh and I forgot who someone brought that up. Was it uh I heard that. It was, I think it was Jessica talked about that Monday. Jessica Rivera, a new reporter, uh, and she was saying about these three companies, and it was interesting. You know how do you how do you resolve that in a, in a free market economy? If you believe in freedom, then people should be able to buy and sell things. However, when it comes to the point where three companies are buying up most of the farm, it was yesterday. Thanks, Marco. Uh, are, being, are buying up most of the farmland, most of the single family homes. You know they want to turn single family homes into rentals and they want to turn farmland into corporate government, you know, beetle farms, you know, whatever they want to do with it. I, you know, as much as I'm for a free market, there are times when you have to, when the companies get so big that they're, they're taking away the free market of everybody else, the family farmer and that kind of stuff, then the government really needs to step in and do something about that. Oh, no. So, well, uh, I
4: agree with you. Uh, yeah, free markets, free markets should, uh exists between states but when it comes down to countries it has to be fair when you're doing business when you got countries buying for your market then that uh, yeah. country's market should also be open and it should be fair it shouldn't be a imbalance the way that exists with for instance the united states and
1: china hmm so i'd be very careful about having a, a foreign country or foreign nationals buying farmland Unless they were, say, uh, creating a, a winery in a vineyard. So say, so say yeah, somebody from... Citizens. Yeah, say a Francis wants to come here and wants to go to New York, which has a, a growing wine industry, and wants to buy a certain amount of farmland for their, and they want to have mm-hmm. a winery. And they're going to employ Americans and they're going to produce wine in the United States and sell it you know, maybe back to France. I'm cool with that. I don't have a problem with that particular ownership. But if you're the government of China... And you're buying farmland next to our military bases or you're Bill Gates or anybody and you're buying up loads of farmland so you can convert it into Beetlejuice and other stuff? No. So we need to start securing our farmland. And I, you well, know, as, and that would there. be providing the free market because you're providing the free market for families to maintain their farmland. See, that's the problem is the big business is crowding up the small family farms. and we need, I, you know, I'd rather make it more advantageous in law that the small family farms should succeed over the big business farms.
4: Yeah, you know what's going on there with the land? It's Chinese who have became U.S. citizens that's buying the land up on behalf of their home government, their national government. Hmm. You know, they got the right to buy the land. In many cases, they would turn the land into farmland and grow crops that would be exported back to China because China has a shortage of arable land. You know, you can't hmm. grow but for food and also grow crops to feed your cattle and your livestock, so that has always been a problem with them.
1: Yeah. See, you now if if a, a person came from China, became an American citizen legally, uh, and bought farmland and wanted to export stuff back to China, um, that's one thing. But if that farm is paid for by the Chinese Communist Party, and that and farmland is subsidized, or China, or they're getting a special price or an extra price or something like that, that's where the problem comes in. So oh, well, you know, Greg, you we got to know
4: we to change, trace that because they can
1: always mm, say, "Well, my uncle." Okay, and we we got to guard our farmland. We got to safeguard our farmland. To me, it's a it's a it's a national security. It's a national interest. The other one was single family homes that these companies are buying up huge amounts of single. I, I think single family homes should be owned by single families, individuals, and that's something we might want to uh, write into law too that we want to preserve um. single-family homes, you know, and, and this, is, this is a big question for people that normally think about free market and less government, but there are times when you need the government. You know, back, Remember Teddy Roosevelt with the antitrust, the trust busters, when they broke up standard oil, something we were talking about with Brienne in the first hour. Was it a bad thing to break up standard oil? Well, no, because there was no competition. You know, the standard oil set the price of oil for everybody. It was too, it well, there was, it was not, no or, competition.
4: Or,
1: yeah,
4: it was no competition, but it can't help that, that stand at all. Rockefeller's done what they done when nobody else was willing to do it. Mm. Nobody else was willing to take a chance.
1: Or did and they, they buy did. up? Or did they buy up all those companies that were trying to compete with them? I bet you that's more well, of the case.
4: it was They were the only one at the time. You know, exploration mm. of. Uh, well, the drilling of oil was done by impact uh, hmm. mold. You take a pointed weight up, elevate it, and let it go hmm. until it finally punched a hole in the ground. Well, it take a long time to get to your oil reservoir. So they developed a methodology of uh, extracting, drilling, uh, locating extraction, drilling
1: and extraction
4: hmm. where no other company was willing to even get involved in that. It was no, long, I, mean, long, I, I don't
1: remember. fault them for, for development and technology, but it the, the, the becomes a point, you know, and it's not too big to fail. It's just too big uh, to, to be non-competitive. Like, the, remember the phone company, Ma Bell? Remember when they broke up AT&T? Yeah, and now we've got, Now we've got all these different companies, and there's actual competition. You don't have to go to AT&T for your phone. You know, to Verizon, T-Mobile, uh, local, different, you know, things like that. So that's a good thing. So, competition, so The so, Alexander
4: Graham Bell.
1: Exactly. The phone company. Well guess what? Well nobody else doing it. Well no, but they also had subsidies. They had the infrastructure too. They had all the phone lines, they had the phone uh, connectors, they had the the rental stuff. Uh, uh I said, oh Marco asked does T Mobile still exists in the US? I don't know. I think so. It's called Odido. Yeah, it's you know, it's here. Yeah, I I think it's still here. Maybe it's called something else. Well, let's let's, let's ask Marco. For those who don't know who it is.
4: Look at at Elon Musk, what he's doing.
1: Uh And I have
4: to take my hat because when I first saw that uh, the reentry and the re-landing of a heavy lift rocket back where it started off so that it could be reused,
1: that Uh there is a heck of an innovation. Yeah, it is. For the time. Uh Mm-hmm. That's like Flash Gordon stuff. <laughs> when the rockets can actually land, yeah, you know, because if the mm-hmm. engine fails when the rocket's landing, you, you're you're basically you know <laughs> you you move into the, you merge with the dirt. So that's a, that's pretty critical operation. Yeah, no, it's it's very interesting how that happens. You got to have some good uh, computer gyros and other things to keep the plane stable and keep the the thrust you know balanced on all sides so it does land properly. That's an incredible innovation. But you notice the, the space program. Most of the advances have been done by private companies, SpaceX, Elon Musk, you know the Virgin companies, things like that. So it's the private industry is still leading the way. I mean, private industry created the airplane. A couple of bike manufacturers, bike mechanics, you know the Wright brothers. Um, so there's a lot in that, but I, I still think the government needs to safeguard the marketplace to keep it free of well. You no know, I think the you government, know.
4: government should be the okay. government should be there to sponsor the education and the ability for Americans to have access with the latest in technology and so on, so on, so on, resources across the board because you mm-hmm. have a lot of young minds out there that have all sorts of potential that never will be developed mm-hmm. and nurtured that could take us further on to where we're going to be. Our next venture is going to be space. we just about
1: done everything you
4: can do here on the Earth.
1: Well, and the good news is they found um – um Biochemicals on another planet—something that's uh, some ammonia compound that's only, uh, shall we say, excreted by uh, by life, by plankton, by or you know phytoplankton or some kind of plankton. So there's life out there. Now we thought there was, and now it looks like they've they've shown organic chemicals, or organic products on one of the planets far far away. So yeah, you know, so now we don't have to worry if we're the only ones. We're not. Uh, so someday we will be on other planets. It's just a question of when, but it's interesting how, think about it. So let's think about the, the, the idea of intelligent design, you know, that, that God has a plan for, for earth and, and everything. Um, and I think we're, we're going to get Gregory Wrightstone on Thursday. I want to talk to him about this too, the carbon cycle and we've talked about. I mean, it's no accident. I think that uh, when carbon was at its lowest point in the atmosphere, that uh, the industrial revolution came along, the internal combustion engine, the steam engine, which liberated Carbon in the form of carbon dioxide from all the coal, uh, oil, wood, you know, uh, natural gas, and anything else that could be uh, could be burned, you know, for energy, and that put a lot of carbon dioxide back in the atmosphere, which means a lot of plants were breathing, which means a lot of food was produced.
4: Well, that's up and down because when you do core samples of drilling in the Antarctic and going down and pulling up ice, that. Then- in the million a year old, you can expect that you can see just like you look at the rings of a tree mm-hmm. and the air that's trapped in that ice, you can measure you know, the carbon content and also other elements so it goes up and down. There's been times when it's been worse than what it is now probably.
1: Yeah, Yeah, but it, like I say to me the fascination is that at the time when we are at our lowest carbon level all of a sudden we discover Petroleum and the, and the internal combustion engine and then and the steam engine. That to me is fascinating. You know, we saved the whales. <laughs> you know, I've talked about this before on the show. Yeah, you saved, saved the whales. And yeah, because we're using you whale saved whales. Yeah, the horses
4: so. too. Yeah, and donkeys.
1: Uh-huh. He yeah. And, he uh huh. It was great to Trump well, I'm sure they were, but it's like the, a friend of mine told me that they showed me something that they said in London. And the biggest worry in, in 1880s London was that by 1950, London would be under 10 feet of horse poop. Well, they they hadn't seen a car yet, so technology has a way of, of changing didn't these things around.
4: Compost, mm-hmm. they
1: didn't compost. Yeah, you could take an. You could have grown of a lot of food it horse would poop. Be- yeah.
4: Yeah, in London it would be so because their climate is not conducive to growing. They don't have growing seasons like some other parts of the world do.
1: Well, London, but, I mean, England has plenty of farmland. I'm, you know, I've been to England a few times, been all over it. There's farmland there, and it's, I think it's pretty good. They actually get the warming. Uh, they get the Gulf Stream. So England's generally warmer than uh, France, Germany, and Spain because those countries are below the Gulf Stream. But the Gulf Stream that comes from the Gulf of Mexico, you know, goes up the East Coast, it uh, goes out past Canada and goes over to England, uh, the United Kingdom. It's actually warmer there. It's like the Banana Belt in, in northern uh, Idaho, Coeur that area. They get a warming jet stream of some kind or wherever it comes from. It's actually warmer there. Yeah, that's, the lower, uh, and, that's the lower stream. The,
4: the upper stream is the one that the Canadian geese take to go south.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they're 200-mile-an-hour... Well, so, did you find geese with a 200-mile-an-hour tailwind? That would help them.
4: <laughs> They've seen them up quite at yeah. high altitude. 20,000 feet.
1: Yeah, they remarkable 20, feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, they they're remarkable creatures. Yeah. Oh, they are higher than that. Oh, they're higher than that? Okay, that's why I, I... remember reading 20,000 feet, but that was a while ago, so who knows? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they have to... they get it, man.
4: Hmm. They're smart at it, too. They... They fly in a V, which offers least air resistance as a unit, and also they uh, change sides. I should say change positions where the ones in front can drop back and rest in the vortex.
1: Yeah. What did you think of my playing America the Beautiful and doing the the Trump song thing? (laughs) That was interesting.
4: Yeah, that is good. I see where Uh, the Trump movement is starting to get a little bit more educated and uh, clever which they should do Uh, liberals are more clever in the things they do because they're more in contact with those who don't too often succeed to a great extreme you know to succeed to a great extreme to become uh, intellectual in science you don't have much play time very little play time at all But those who take the opposite path have a lot of leisure time, and leisure is the devil's playground.
1: Well, if you have leisure time, you can also have creative time. You have artistic time. You know, in many ways, I think that uh, the government is happier when people spend all their time working uh, and the rest of the time, you know, fixing their houses and then watching sports and doing very little else, going out to a restaurant once in a while. I think the government's really happy because people's time is pretty much spoken for, especially if you have kids. You know, you have very little leisure time. I have a fair amount of time to myself. I spend most of it working on action radio, but that's my choice. But if I wanted to be a lazy butt and just sit around, (laughs) you know, I could probably do that. Uh, It's not my nature, but there's a lot of people, you know, as I approach approach retirement age, (laughs) you know, I have no intentions of retiring. I'm having way too much fun.
4: Yeah. I had someone ask me my opinion about hip-hop. I told, well, when that became prominent, I didn't have time to indulge in it because I was doing yeah. other things. I mean, that's it's the way it is. So if mm-hmm. uh, yeah, people come up with these innovations and target those who don't have nothing to do, and, and mm-hmm. a lot of times they pull them
1: in. Well, you know, who has nothing to do? Uh, high school students and college students have got plenty of time. You, you, they don't think they do, but they do. <laughs> you know, Especially college yeah. kids that are only taking three courses. I took six. I always had a double academic load because I wanted to learn stuff. But, um, yeah, that's really interesting. I've My well, grandson I'm trying to get it. carried 17
4: credit hours submissive. semester. Uh, I said, my grandson carried 17, 17. 19 credit hours a semester. So you yeah, can imagine what his little with Oh, mine. So, a lot of kids uh, do that, and some can't. Yeah. you know that's just uh, human beings.
1: I probably had that too because I had marching band was only one credit, even though we spent hours and hours doing it. I probably had about the same actually because I had four courses at four credits each. That's sixteen credit hours plus band was seventeen. Um, yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. I got a question? Uh, we got about five minutes. Okay, go ahead. What were you going to say? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there.
4: No, I say yes. That's just. Some people end up in the uh, Metropolitan Orchestra, so, and some of them is end up doing plumbing. That's just the way human beings are. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I ended up, uh, marching band was my thing um, in the fall. It was really great. We actually ended up in marching in Ronald Reagan's inaugural parade in 1980. <laughs> that was kind of cool. I was a junior. Pretty mm-hmm. fun stuff, yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then uh, was it the following semester I went to Washington? Maybe it was a senior because I, I know I went to Washington as a as a junior. Maybe it was. It was oh, I think it was eighty one. Yeah, okay, there we go. It was, it was January eighty one. We were there, so it would have been uh, um, the the previous uh, spring that I was a junior. Anyway, um, this whole idea of birthright citizenship, and I think Christine is wrong on this one. And we've talked about this before, I, and but she raises the question, what do you do with all these people that don't have a country? It's a good point. And well, you know, that's they, why I mentioned. They, the, they
4: you know. go into another country. I mean, it's, you can't fly into at least Well, you can, but uh, but they go mm-hmm. to another country. I mean, you got people that are stateless. Because they, what they do, they denounce their citizenship. You denounce your citizenship of the United States, which you can't. Then I mean, you got to go to another country. I know people who have done that, not know them personally, but know of them. Maybe one oh, I, I do the, know.
1: Uh, Paul Robeson didn't he renounce his U.S. citizenship and go live in France for the rest of his life?
4: Tina Turner.
1: She renounced his she citizenship. I don't. I don't remember that. That's interesting.
4: Yeah, she denounced her U.S. citizenship. And of course, she just passed away, which is tragic. But uh, yeah. I forget where she went.
1: She go to Switzerland, I think. See, But you can go there anyway and just live, you know, as a well, – I don't know what the requirements are, but yeah. But anyway, but – Randall,
4: Randall Robinson did the
1: same
4: thing. He, huh. he uh, went to Barbados. But,
1: but here's the idea, though, and uh, Christina Christina's point was that once citizenship is given, it cannot be taken back. And my contention is if it was given against the Constitution, then it's a mistake. It was never able to be given. So the fact that it's on, that the hospital puts U.S. citizen on these birth certificates, the hospital is the problems because the other the doing it. Hospitals have a lot of problems. But I don't see why you cannot correct the citizenship of somebody to their home country, to their parents. And I don't. Have, my question is, how far back can you go? I would love to go back to either 1990 or 2000. At least go back enough that we take all these people that have just come in. But really since Obama. So if you can get to 2000. You know, uh, the Clinton immigration was bad enough, but it wasn't, but I don't know if the computers were up for, for, for tracking. But let's say we go back to 1990. So you start going back, and all these people that are that are born to foreign nationals, you, you know, you start with the, the first foreign national that had a U.S. baby uh, that they were given the citizenship. You say, wait a minute, your parents, like Kamala Harris, for example, her parents were not legally in the country. They were not Americans. Therefore, they could not have given birth to an American Kamala Harris. So so she is not a citizen. So any kids that she has well, would be citizens Well, those would be
4: revolutionary either. moves. And yeah. I agree with you to a, to a certain extent. You know, you had those birth hotels out there in California that Chinese uh, tourists would come give birth in a hotel mm-hmm. to a baby. Uh, that see, all those could up, could be reversed. All,
1: all those citizenships should be taken away. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is, well, is to, to find a way to to correct these. They these shouldn't misgibans. be given
4: citizenship in the beginning. You got see, hostiles, that's the if That's where it occurs. It's, that shouldn't be occurring like that.
1: Yeah. So I would go to the hospital and say, if you if you put C- U.S. citizen on a birth certificate go to somebody whose parents are not at least one of them American, you know, then the hospital should be seized. <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, let, let's do the same thing we do for people who work here illegally. I mean, that's that's the way to do it. Or, lay over, yeah. Lay the over ITIN in number. flight. Yeah, that's why uh, that's why I told her about the ITIN number. Those people are illegal. All all the branded well, people they, that are coming is, in. Yeah. All the folks ITIN would,
4: numbers from migrant workers that come here and work on picking crops and so forth, but they still want to tax them, so that's what they use it for. Uh, it's for people yeah, but if they go back, that's not a problem.
1: A yeah, I'm talking about the people that stayed here under the ICIN number, and that's a yeah, million on a
4: certain visa. Yeah, right. Well, that visa. visa expires.
1: So in other words, how do we fix this situation? How how do we fix it in a way that discourages it from happening in the future? See, right now there's no incentive at all. In fact, there's every incentive to come here, give you know birth to a baby on American dirt, and have them called the a citizen when they're not. 14th Amendment, Now, she didn't really address that question on the 14th Amendment. She did not talk about the fact that the 14th Amendment, subject to the jurisdiction clause, prohibits citizenship being given to anybody who's not of American parents, sure, at least one.
4: But look at Joe Biden. They are trying to correct a problem that they created that people working at home don't want to go back to physical workplaces, So now they want to bring in illegals and give them work permits, which they think is forever, but it's not. So they hmm. just create these problems and walk away from
1: them. The decision have well. Now, could the states revoke those work permits? That'd be interesting. Say, well, if you're if you're in our state, I'm sorry, you can't work here, because the, the federal government had no power to. to the, the the Brandon Insurrection had no power to to make a law uh, that wasn't passed by Congress. So those those work permits are not valid. So a state could say, you know, anybody that comes in to their state, like Florida. I'm sorry, We're just not going to honor work permits given by, uh you know, Biden. That's how you do it. Well,
4: that is a contentious argument because the federal mm-hmm. government, are you giving work permits for federal jobs?
1: That's probably where they're going to go. I mean, who, who who's going to hire someone on a work permit if they just got here in the country who doesn't even speak English?
4: Yeah. So how are you going to – uh Provide all this workforce for people that's working local and it's a state job. You can't get state jobs unless you're a citizen, but if you're local, you know, they hire anybody
1: just about. Yeah, well, I see. I think the, the, the Trump administration needs to go to help local uh, with asset forfeiture. Well, the locals can do that themselves. Local governments need to to tell their police forces and, and sheriffs um, to, to start seizing the assets of illegal aliens for simply being in the country illegally. I don't care what Brandon says. You know, you make it impossible for them to live here, they're going to go. Every state can do that.
4: Just like people that engage in illicit illegal activity, accumulating
1: mm-hmm. funds,
4: they subject it to being taken.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the same way, too, that the uh, states block people who didn't have their COVID PSA test. You know, If you can block people on, on a COVID reasons, which were bogus, you can certainly block people you don't want in your state because they have no status that you recognize. So this is where it gets interesting. This is where the states need to start standing up and say, well, you know what? We don't recognize those work permits from Brandon. We don't recognize the fact that these people, you say they're here legally, but they're really not. We don't recognize that you're calling them you know, asylum seekers when they're really not. You know, they're just here to take well, our money. Well, you're
4: letting people in the country that's not being checked for medical deficiencies. You're not taking their temperature
1: yeah. like they
4: was doing in airports during swine flu early on. Then, of course, later yep. on with COVID and also with Ebola. You know, people be there in the airport. They take a, a laser and point at your forehead to get a reading. If your reading was abnormal, they pull you off to the side.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah, know, I should have asked Christina why. Uh, you know, Brandon's not, you know, insisting on COVID shots. You know, why is the government insisting on COVID shots for, for Americans, but they're letting 10 million illegals for, with no requirement to get a COVID shot when they cross our border? That's interesting. You're
4: not just COVID shot, but inoculation records,
1: period. Yeah.
4: You can't go to school unless you've been inoculated for certain illnesses.
1: Yeah, well, that's wrong, too, because most of those diseases died out 100 years ago, but they may come back because of all the illegals bringing them in, which might be the point. I mean, all this stuff's connected. Anyway, it's been a fascinating day. Um, but Americans should
4: under, foreigners yeah. should be able to undergo the same stringent that Americans undergo. Well, Nothing less.
1: Here's my contention, though, that we have a right, although it's not listed in the law, but we have a right to a country free of illegal aliens. We should not have to live in a country – we should not be burdened as Americans with people that can't be here. You're
4: right, and it does cost you, America, mm-hmm. when they do come into your mm-hmm. domain. They cost.
1: Yeah. And it's somebody not up pick
4: to, up the cost, it ain't free. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not up to us to give somebody else a better life, especially at our expense, when we're trying to make a better life for ourselves.
4: When you come into a country, you're supposed to add to, not take away
1: from. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We'll leave it at that. Um, interesting day. Tomorrow's going to be another interesting day too. We've got uh, we've got a full boat. We got Bill and Wendy and uh, Bonnie uh, and Bianca. That's three W, three three B's and a W. <laughs> Bill, Bianca, and Bonnie, and then, and then Wendy. <laughs> so, only, I, I actually like my days totally. Well, yeah, I think. Well, like I said to, to Christina, I said, you know, it's just, that's a funny idea. I said, I think all my ideas are funny, but that's what makes them interesting. They're different. Yeah. Yeah.
4: All right. Well look, I'll let you get back to the rest of your days. Second part is beginning. I've got yeah, exactly. Yes. And
1: I've got to start work on tomorrow's show. And Thursday we've got Gregory Wrightstone, climate geologist. Wrightstone. So he's gonna be he's gonna be really fun to have too. So let's uh what is it now? Ten oh four. Let me start announcements and I'll be back again tomorrow, seven AM Central Time. Uh I've already pre mode pr I'm previewed to <laughs> get my words mixed up. Uh what we're gonna do. So uh you should know. All right. Talk to you all tomorrow at 7 a.m. All right. Take care. Be careful. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout Great care. Better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive. Conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street,